0: When it's different, it's different, go position by position, ain't no issue, in commission, as a commission, I just listen, they envision my vision and my division, I'm stealing, cause I'll be willing and deal if I meet a trade, cause I'm a fiend, I'm a junkie, ay, and I'm a junkie, ay, ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ay, see I'm a junkie, ay, and I'm a junkie, ay, be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ay.
1: Hello everybody, welcome to episode 126 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast, proud member, the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will, and we will and we do every week. It's amazing. With me this week, once again, Rocky. How are you, Rocky? How are you doing today?
2: Good. Happy to be back. Excited for uh, title week. I got I got my share of, of title teams going this week. I think uh, I think it's eleven out of, out of forty. So not not Ooh. too bad. Uh, well, when you I'm get back. forty, it's it's a little easier to get eleven.
1: So yeah. Well- <laughs> That, that's not bad. I am mean, in, I think I'm in four out of 17 and I'm happy. Well, five if you count one that ended. So five championships, you know, title games out of 17, which I'm fine with. So I, it's it's that time of week. Obviously, by the time you're listening to this, you probably already know if you won or not. So hopefully you won. If you didn't, just keep listening. We'll make you better. If you did, keep listening because you're amazing and you must know what you're doing. So just keep listening. But with us this week, we've got the one and only Seth Woolcock. How are you, Seth?
3: Boys, I am buzzing tonight. It was ski day, so I was cruising down the mountain, having a little bush lights going down there, Brees Hall jersey on. I saw a there kid in an Aaron Donald jersey, shoved him out of the way, Say, get out of here, your Rams suck. <laughs> I, I, I was rolling down with the 101, in my opinion, Brees Hall, boys. So I, I'm electric, it's championship weekend, Um, so I was glad to start it off on a good note before this uh, Thursday night football shit show we got going on. Yeah, Oh.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and again, for anyone listening, you Joshua, already know.
2: You're not enjoying Joshua Dobbs to Ray C. E. McMath?
3: No, no. That, <laughs> just, like, at least give me Malik Willis. At least, like, he's somewhat entertaining yeah. to watch. He's not a good quarterback, but he's at least fun to watch. So, I'm a Steelers fan, so I've seen my my share of Josh Dobbs over the years. Yeah. I'm good on that one, boy. I was going to
1: ask you about that, so you brought it up early. Like, you know Josh
3: Dobbs better than most as a Steelers fan. Are you excited for Josh Dobbs tonight, or...? He's an engineer boys. That's what they say. He's an engineer. He's a smart guy. Um, I think that's might be the path he needs to go. That's all I'll say. I I don't really see (laughs) much future value in Josh Dobbs in the NFL. No offense to him. Great guy. Great locker room guy. But as far as fantasy is concerned or just football in general should not be on the field.
1: Well, I like that. So obviously, Seth is with us from In Between Media. I know, Seth, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff over there at IBT. I know you're an editor for Fantasy Pros. You do a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of different things. So maybe before we get into this, if people haven't heard of you or, or don't know, you know, if they haven't caught you somewhere, I don't know how that's possible. But where can people find you? Where are you kind of writing your stuff? And just kind of explain to people if they're new, you know, kind of what you're all about.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I appreciate being on here with you guys. Big fans of what you're doing over here at the network and Dynasty Junkies in general. Um, what we are at In Between Media, we're a collective that specializes in feel good lifestyle con- content merged with our fantasy sports and betting analysis. And whether it's fantasy football, fantasy NASCAR, PGA live tours, we got it for you guys over on the YouTube through our columns. And we just do things a little bit differently, man. Like we really do try to, you know, every piece of content has some some type of lifestyle in and with it as well. And it's fun, man. I got a great group of uh, people over there helping me with it. So just continuing to help people win championships and continue to help them have fun along the way. Because what's the point if we're not having fun, guys? Right?
1: Oh, amen to that. And I think every time I read an article on your site, it feels like those Matthew Berry articles. It feels like those articles that you're like getting an insight into someone's life and kind of picking up on some other things that are in your life. You know what I mean? It kind of helps bridge that gap. And then it's like, okay, end of the football. It feels, and this isn't meant to be an insult, but it feels like the football is kind of like the afterthought, which is what I love about reading your stuff, where it's like, getting to read what seth is up to today or what nate and jen are up to today and like and scott obviously and others like it's just a really good way that i think you guys it really personalizes it like i I, nobody else really does it that way you know you you don't see that a lot on any other site so i'm a big fan of what you guys are building over there so i'm really glad we could have you on
3: this week thank you guys absolutely i greatly appreciate being here and uh happy to help people this kind of a fun time as a dynasty manager like honestly like we had our trade window. If you're getting into the playoffs, if you missed it, you had that trade window to make these trades. And now you're probably sitting here like I am in a couple of leagues, twiddling my thumbs. What the hell mm-hmm. do I do now? So I'm excited to kind of jump into that with you guys as well.
1: Yeah. So this is, a, you're right. This is kind of a fun, you know, anticipatory time for a lot of us in Dynasty where it's like, you know, hey, titles are great. You know, banners fly forever, flags fly forever. Like we've talked about it in other shows. And we even talked about it this week with Jeff Bell foreshadowing a little bit on Trade Addicts podcast where, you know, if you haven't heard that, definitely check that one out. But uh, titles are great, but only one out of 12 teams or one out of 14 teams really wins the title. The others, if you didn't win, you're not done in dynasty. You never stop. Right. And I think this is what is my favorite part of dynasty is the off season or as Russ, our our daddy, Russ calls it non-point scoring season, right? This is where the, the championships are actually made in my opinion, making moves in January, February, March up to the draft, And then making moves after the draft with players and mini camps and uh, making moves all year round. That eight-month window from where your titles end, your titles are are distributed. And then the first week of the next season, that really is where you can make or break your entire dynasty. So I am excited, just like you are. I'm very excited for a lot of my teams that are kind of rebuilding and looking for the future to kind of put this year behind us. And we're going to definitely be talking about that some here tonight. But before we do that, we do have to talk about some of these Week 16 headlines and just kind of get some thoughts on this. Um, Rocky, I'll kick it to you first. I know the biggest news, I guess, in in the week that I thought was the biggest news was Carr getting benched and kind of cut in a way. Like he got benched to the point where he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm not going to play anymore. I mean, he's not really cut. They're not getting rid of him, but he's not playing for the team. I mean, I guess in for fantasy and for title purposes and for dynasty, what do you think about this news, Rocky?
2: Well, I mean, that's sort of a good way to put it. Cause I think it's basically a signal that he is not going to be the quarterback next right. year. The reason they're doing this is he's guaranteed for injury. Uh, if he gets injured, his contract next year will be guaranteed. I think even part of 24 might be guaranteed if he gets injured. So uh, you pretty much know Derek Carr is not going to be a Raider next year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it's not like it's been great with uh, Josh McDaniels there this year uh he certainly seems to be mcdaniels i mean seems to be proving that uh, he, he's a bit overrated as a, as an offensive mind between denver and, and las vegas now uh so i I'm, i firmly believe that the car will be starting somewhere next year maybe, maybe sure. the, the colts new old starting quarterback that they pick yeah. up from somewhere else it's a running joke yeah <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> but he, he will be a starter somewhere so uh and I, I, he's someone you can get on the cheap it's kind of right up my alley uh, in terms of trying to get a guy uh in super flex that you don't have to pay a lot for and uh so i, I kind of like him as a buy like I, he, he's not he's never going to be great he's he, his, his ceiling is probably that sort of uh you know the kirk Cousin-ish thing i always talk about low end QB1 although kirk's, kirk's doing even better this year qb yeah
3: he, he's way. dialing up now my guy.
1: he's my guy kirk well. cousins but yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want to jump in with like the, the fact that you're talking about Carr, and we're obviously bringing him up here, but like the fact that you're talking about Carr as a starter is is kind of the weird thing to me. He is a starter. There are definitely, I mean, if you look at the NFL, there are 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, Maybe, let's say, 35 if you want to get into some actual battles, right? Mm-hmm. Carr is easily in the top 30 quarterbacks in the NFL. I would put him in the top 20 myself. Certainly. So I think for the Raiders, they're saying they don't want Carr next year. They're going a different direction. I totally get it. I get where they're coming from. And the trade deadline in the NFL is passed, so they can't trade him now. And like you said, if, if he gets hurt, which is the only real option here, because the Raiders are not in the playoffs, they're they're not going with Carr for the future, why play him? There's no yep. reason to play him for the Raiders. There's not a single reason. So I get why they're doing it. It just sucks for those of us in fantasy to have come this far. And I know I've got a couple teams that I yes. I'm not in the playoffs. I'm not, I've am not. i already eliminated that had Carr or that had Adams or that had Waller. And now I'm like... yep. Oh, like that's really where the itch comes in. It's like I really wish they'd be continuing with what they were doing because for me, Carr is obviously a big loss. But what does this do to Devonte Adams? What does this do to Darren Waller, Seth? I mean, kind of. I know you've got some thoughts on Carr, but we're kind of pivoting into the other players. What are your thoughts on them too?
3: I mean, man, I, I have to say, like the Raiders fans are relentless. They've been in my DMs, in my mentions for months now. I had a, I had a take a couple months ago that. Hey, the, the cornerback matchups for Devontae Adams coming up and in the playoffs are kind of frightening, and I don't really want a part mm. of it. That was before he went on that massive run to end the regular, uh, regular fantasy football season, and he's been stinky, he's been really stinky in the fantasy football playoffs. I have him on two championship teams going into this weekend, and uh, you know, I'm looking for pivot options. Jarrett Stidham. We know who Jared Stidham is at this point, boys. He's an below a below average NFL quarterback, a career backup. Um, you know he had he has moment to shine. We all thought maybe he'd be the starter for New England heading into you know life after Brady. Wasn't the case. As far as like the future value for, for Adams guys, it is muddy. It is very muddy right now because it's almost like someone put this tweet out a couple months ago, but it's almost like if you guys remember that scene from the hangover where uh, Bradley Cooper calls the, the wife of, of the husband and says, Hey, we effed up. Like like that's what Devonte Adams and his agent should be thinking <laughs> right now for leaving the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Like, and it's funny gone. part of
2: it. I was just going to say part of it was because he wanted to
1: hook back up with this guy, Derek Carr. And now yeah. he's going to be gone. <laughs> and now Carr is not there.
3: Yep. Yeah. Crazy I mean, how that works out. Right. He wanted to be closer to family too, which is, you know, I, you can understand that, but mm. overall, like, we don't know what the situation is going to be. The Raiders don't have a top 10 pick that they're going to be able to go up and get one of these good quarterbacks. Maybe Levitt's one of these, you know, questionable quarterbacks fall to them in the draft. But overall, it's very muddy. And like Darren Waller, it's the same thing, but worst. Waller hasn't produced in two years. Like we need to take no. the name value away from, from Darren Waller. I think Renfro will continue to be a value, whoever the quarterback is, because that's who Hunter Renfro is when healthy. Um, But yeah, guys, it's a, it's a crapshoot right now. And like, who knows what happens with Josh Jacobs stellar this season. He's going to have to get franchised if they want him back.
1: Well, that's where I was going to get into next, but before we talk about Jacobs too much, Rocky, what are your thoughts on Adams? Do you think he's kind of washed? Is this like a a red flag and you're out or what? I know we talked about it a little bit on, on trade addicts. So I don't want to spoiler alert for anything. What are your (laughs) thoughts on that? Yeah, we did. And
2: I, I, I kind of was leaning that way there. Whereas I, I do want to get out on Adams and that's kind of what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, In that case, it was pivoting to uh, Devonta Smith. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would love something like that, even though, as we talked about, he's, he's never going to have the elite upside that, that a Devonta Adams has had and even has had this year uh, for many games. He's had a lot of boom weeks, Uh, but yeah, I agree with Seth. I mean, uh, we have no idea what that quarterback situation is going to be now. And the guy is 30, I think, Devontae Adams. Is he hit 30 or is he 29?
1: That's a great question. I can look yeah. it up while you keep going.
2: Uh, yeah. Anyway, but he's, he's, he's at that age where it's like yeah. you're not getting that many more, if any, elite years left. And with no quarterback, like, he is thirty. Have, yep. Yeah, we have no idea who the quarterback is going. I doubt it's going to be Jared Stidham, and if it is, that's not a good thing.
3: So <laughs> maybe yeah. Tom Brady. Like that is the only possibility I can see is, out there. That is that, that even that advantage. great
2: though? At this point, like I don't know. Seen Brady I, this year, and Tom if he doesn't, Brady doesn't have has everything a lot perfect, going
3: against him, guys getting sued for the cryptocurrency stuff, <laughs> divorce. Like Tom Brady yeah. has had a hell of a year. So like I'm willing to give the goat a pass for this one year. I've bet against Brady enough in my life as a Steelers fan. I don't need to do that. Um, as a, as a fantasy manager, but outside of that, like that's best case scenario for Adams here, guys. And it, it, it's just rough. And like, what can you really trade him for at this point? Because what have you done for me lately? Well, not shit these last two weeks. I think people are going to be afraid of him, just like us three are here tonight. And then once next oh. week hits, his value immediately goes down because
2: it's the offseason and right. nobody wants old players in the offseason. He's not scoring you points
1: anymore. Well, here's where I'll say, and again, I I spoke about Adams at length on on Trade Addicts. If you're interested in my thoughts on Adams, definitely go listen to that. But I'll I'll kind of briefly sum it up here. I do think Adams is still a top 10 wide receiver. I'm not sure that Devonta Smith is, right? And that's kind of where my head goes with this. I don't really care what quarterback they get. I do believe it will be a quarterback that is worth having. I do think the Raiders quarterback, because of the way that team is built, if they bring back Josh Jacobs, they're going for it. They've got Adams for at least this year, if not the next, also. They've got Waller who's kind of aging, but he's still a top tight end option in a, you know, in a world where tight ends are kind of weird. I think Hunter Renfo is coming up nice. They got Foster Moreau behind Waller, who's actually done okay this year here and there. So I don't think the Raiders are looking at a totally scrap down to the studs rebuild. So they're gonna get a quarterback that's gonna still be good. It's it's probably not going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't think it'll be Brady, but there are some it connections. Could be there. a Garoppolo.
2: I don't think. Yeah. A yeah. would I wouldn't be, be shocked at a Garoppolo.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked at like a Carson Wentz. You know, one of those like someone that kind of gets kicked around and is like a journeyman. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised at like an Andy Dalton type, like one of those like quarterbacks mm-hmm. that's in the back half of the league but not dead. I don't know if they go with the draft and they get somebody. But all of that aside. Devontae Adams is still Devontae Adams. He's still going to warrant the ball. He's still going to get the ball like Hopkins did. He's going to get the ball like everybody else in that time, kind of, you know, elite wide receiver tier. You can't just drop him to nothing. Yeah, so, I don't
2: think he's going to fall off a cliff. I would just love to get out for well, something
1: like, like what we talked about on Trade Addicts. I agree. And I'm not I'm not saying don't get out on him. I'm saying wait until you find the right price. I think now is the worst time to trade Devontae Adams. There's mm-hmm. no way in hell mm-hmm. you're going to get anything for him right now. There's no point. You cannot trade Devonta Adams. If you have him on your roster, you're holding him. And you're waiting for, like we talked about this, you're waiting for the next burst of hope. You're waiting for the next quarterback to get signed. You're waiting for, yep. hell. I don't yep. know, coaching change. You're waiting for something to happen to boost his value. You're not selling him right now. On the flip side, I would love to buy Adams on the discount right now. Right? If you're not listening to this, and if, if you are, of course, you're doing great. You're not going to sell Adams. If you're not listening, and there are a lot of people that don't listen, unfortunately. There are thousands <laughs> of people that don't listen to this podcast. They don't know not to get rid of Adams. They're going to panic sell and they're going to sell him for pennies on the dollar. I can guarantee you, guarantee you in the next two weeks, we're going to see trades come through for Devonte Adams that are bonkers. It's going to be a 23 second for Devonte Adams. Give me Adams all day on that. Like there are going to be a bunch of those trades that come through. So do not sell low, just hold. Because again, there's no points to be scored. What are we worried about? Just hold on, just wait and see. Adams is still a top 10 guy. I think it honestly, even with Stidham, even with Josh Dobbs, you know what I mean? Even with some of these crappy quarterbacks, I still think Adams can get eight catches for 80 yards and a touchdown every week because they're going to have to feed him. He's the playmaker. And if it's not the quarterback, they're going to go to Adams. So I'm not saying drop him like it's hot. I'm not saying get out for nothing. If you can pivot great. And the trade we talked about, obviously involving Devontae Smith, I wasn't jazzed on that. I'd rather have the Devante side of that trade. That doesn't mean I want Devante in every trade, like you know, if you're telling me I can trade Devonte Adams for Hopkins and a first, give me Hopkins and a first. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are plenty mm-hmm. of ways I'm willing to get out on Adams. I'm just saying you have to find the right value. So let's pivot from there though and talk about the other part, which you brought up, Seth, which is Josh Jacobs, right? If they obviously Josh Jacobs even this week is kind of, I'll be honest, a little scary, right? Because now without anybody at the quarterback and with Stidham kind of coming in a little bit fresh, he's only been there for a couple weeks. You know, or maybe not a couple weeks. But he's only had starter reps for a week or two. He's not fresh off the boat, but He's not you know, well up to speed either. That makes me nervous that the passing game might be kind of limited for him. His, his route trees might be lower. He might have you know, 20% of the game plan installed. That's going to lean a lot on Jacobs, and the defense knows that. If we know that, the defense knows that. So they're going to be keying on Jacobs. And if Jacobs comes back, whether the quarterback is better than Carr, which I'm not sure that's possible, really, I'll be honest. I don't know if they get a better quarterback next year. They might draft somebody and have a bridge. But Jacobs next year and beyond, what are we thinking about Jacobs, Seth? And I know you kind of hit on it before, so I want to kick it to you first, but where are you at with Jacobs? Does this drop his value or do you kind of leave him the same?
3: You know, right now until I can, can say definitely what team he will be on in 2023. I I think he's a hold right now where he is. I was really surprised on on what he's done this season. He has not been an explosive player throughout his career coming into 2022. And, I faded him, guys. I'll be honest. I faded him coming in this season. I faded him last season. I thought Zamir White was kind of the guy, honestly. I thought Same. especially we we see it. Obviously, we, we shouldn't overreact to a preseason game, but we saw him in the Hall of Fame game. We said, is this a message McDaniels is sending to him, to the team? We didn't really know. Um, and then he comes out and has a career season, been great for fantasy managers, all, yep. you know, although you know, had a stinker on Saturday night against the Steelers. Um, but overall, like he's still a hold. And I, I think there's scenarios you could actually get out of him if he goes to a better team. So I, I, I'm holding him right now if I have him. Um, I'm not looking to buy him at this point with, with the the muddy waters. But there's a good chance they're going to franchise him and bring him back at this point. I, obviously, like, Zemir White has, what, guys, like 13 carries on the season? like, so he, like that, yeah. Yeah, so apparently he's just not, not who we thought he was coming out of Georgia as well. So... I think overall, you kind of got to hold on to him. How do you guys feel about it?
1: I agree with you. I think Jacobs is definitely somebody holding. What about you, Rock?
2: I was just gonna say I, I'm with you too. I, I I don't actually even mind buying them. Maybe maybe not right now, uh, just because I think the 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 RB one season is still obviously fresh in people's minds. We're just finishing it up now, but maybe in a few weeks uh, in February and people like. Every year, it seems more and more people just don't want to buy running backs in the offseason at all. So I feel like you could get yep. him at a cheaper price in like a month and a half from now. Um, so I, I wouldn't even mind buying him because he's still young enough too, where he could have multiple good years left. I think he's only it seems like he's been around forever, but I think he's only like 24 uh, and 25 at the most. But I think I think it's 24. Uh, so and I actually think, you know, it's possible he could end up in a, in a better situation if the Raiders don't franchise him. So, uh, but I definitely agree to, at the very least to hold and I, at the right price. I, I would be like, if, if you can, if you can get him even, even at like the 112, I would be fine with that. I'm not, I'm not sold that anybody at the 112 is definitely going to be better than Josh Jacobs for the next couple of years, so.
1: Well, and and I'll kind of piggyback on that and say he is 24. It's surprising as someone who's been in the league now for four years, you know, he came in young, he's, he's got four years worth of experience. And I remember that 2019 class, everybody was hyping up all these running backs and everything. And Jacobs kind of fell away a little bit and has really come up well. And I think too, this year was a surprise to almost everyone in in fantasy. I don't think anybody expected him to be in that RB one conversation. And, and, you know, depending on your scoring, he was there, right. Um, Yeah, I don't know. In half PPR, he was number one over Eckler by a little bit, by barely. But I think Eckler had him beat in PPR. But the point is, he had a hell of a year. And I also just wanted to point out too, people.
2: For years, we said, "Why aren't they throwing just shake with the ball?" This is going to be his second, most likely, his
1: second fifty catch season in a row. So he's doing that now too. I think the only the only question, I guess, the only concern I have is sort of what Seth mentioned. Like he may not be on the Raiders. I do think they bring him back. I think he did well enough in his contract year for to earn a contract, if not mm-hmm. that, a full contract, definitely a franchise tag. I do think he's worth that. I think he's probably worth the top twelve kind of running back, you know, payment in the way the running backs have gone lately. I mean, there's just not a whole lot of them left at the top, right? I mean, you're it's for fantasy, but for the NFL too. Like there's a lot of committees out there. We're seeing it tonight with you know Pollard being out and Zeke getting the load, but not much. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of teams like that. So I guess the, the the pivot question that I would have on this, and this is sort of where I wanted to end some of this conversation. And we talked a lot about a trade for Adams involving Devonta Smith. There's a, plenty of options out there for that. But I want to talk about Josh Jacobs and, and kind of, again, talking about a team that we're seeing tonight with the Titans. Rocky, of the two running backs, which would you rather roster? I'm not saying in a trade. I'm not saying straight up. But which of the two running backs, Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs, would you rather have right now going forward? I, I'd rather have Josh Jacobs. Uh, I, and I don't I, think that's that shocking. I think there's a lot of people that agree with you, Seth. What about you?
3: Yeah, probably just because of age it, you know, I, I still think Henry has a season or two left in him, but a lot of question marks over there too. Is Rabel mm-hmm. going to Ohio state boys? Like, like we got a lot of question marks. <laughs> Man. I know you'd be happy about it, Andrew. I, I don't I'd think I would be, okay but you know, a lot of question marks over there in the, the Tennessee camp too. So I think Josh Jacobs is safer right now. Um, But, By week one of the season, could my answer be the other way around? Right. 100%. Well, here's where it comes down to, right? And
1: and we're talking right now, we're we're recording this on December 29th. It is still 2022, just barely, right? And so we're looking at the data that we have now, trying to predict what we're going to be talking about in August and September. Let's let's just put it out there for those that may not understand. We're going to be wrong, right? There's no way to be this accurate this far away. We're trying our best to put the tea leaves together and to read the future. We all know that there's a lot of variance in this. So there's no way that you're going to say anything definitively. But I kind of agree with you guys. I think Jacobs is probably the safer running back right now. He's the younger asset, which is always a benefit for running backs. Uh, Henry is 28. Uh, he's got a void year next year. I don't know. I, I really doubt that the team goes any other direction. I don't think that they have enough. I don't think Haskins is that guy. I don't think Hilliard is that guy. Like I don't think the Titans are really looking for another direction here. But if we're looking at this and, and being logical about it, I mean, if, if Henry turns 29 here in a little bit and then is looking at turning 30, you know, with with the Titans on at the end of his contract, I don't see them moving away. But what kind of Henry are we going to get at 29 and 30? He's had a lot of miles put on those legs. He's a beast. Don't get me wrong.
3: But, you get Zeke. Man. You get Zeke this year and what yeah. Zeke will be next year. Like, that's probably what you're going to get from him, which still yeah. serviceable RB2 numbers. But oh, yeah the ceiling's gone at that point.
1: So that's exactly what I was going to say is that for me, Josh Jacobs, In in, depending again, depending on your scoring could have finished as the RB one this year. Henry did not do that. Henry was still a beast. He was still startable. No one's going to say you should bench Derek Henry. We're not there yet. Right. That is probably coming sooner for him than Jacobs, given the age and everything else. But I also think the ceiling for Henry is probably not RB one overall anymore. I just don't think it's there. Now I could be wrong. Obviously, things happen, crazy thing, injuries happen, right? It could be one of those years where a bunch of people knock on wood, God forbid, right? Where that's the reason he's the RB1. That's not what we're talking about. I think Jacobs has a much this year, too. Well, kind of, yeah. There's a whole bunch of things falling around, right? When when everyone is falling, the one who doesn't fall the least is the only one left. And that's what Jacobs kind of put together. Him and Eckler both were pretty healthy for most of the year. So I kind of agree. And I think again, I'm not talking trades, because again, I think in a trade, you might be able to get, depending on who you're trading with. You might be able to get a little more on top of Jacobs for Henry in some places, and you might be able to get a little more on Henry for Jacobs in some places. right? Like It depends on the league. Both of them have their upsides, Um, but they both have a lot of question marks, which is kind of why I'm a little nervous about both. So on the Raiders, I think we talked plenty on this, but does anybody else have anything to bring up just kind of discussing this Derek Carr
3: news before we move on? Can we just get Josh McDaniels out of there? Like what, man, <laughs> what are they doing? Like this guy is, I tried to defend him through the first half of the season and all, oh, maybe he just had some bad luck, but how he's coached this team down the stretch here. I mean, just get him out of here. <sighs> I, you know what? I, there's no way that they get rid of
1: him. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm with you. How do, Where do we sign up for that? Right. Like, that's probably the best answer. If we could, And this is going to sound crazy now because we know things we didn't know last week. But if you told me next year it was Carr, Jacobs and Adams and how Waller and Renfro keep everybody and a new coach, I think all of them get a boost. All of them get a bump for fantasy yeah. in the NFL. But now that we're keeping McDaniels, which I would almost argue is the one thing that I didn't want, Like that's the, that's the worst thing to keep. And that's what they have to keep. I mean, I just don't see them losing that kind of money to get rid of him. So again, crazier things have happened. There are weird things all the time. So maybe that's what happens here and Carr comes back. But again, I doubt it. I just don't see it happening. So I don't know. I'm nervous about the whole Raiders situation, but I do still think that Adams is there. I think Jacobs is worth having. So Hold tight. Let the system play. Let the situation play out. And then we'll kind of touch back. So the next thing I wanted to talk about, and again, there are a whole bunch of headlines and I kind of want to sift it through some of this. And I brought this up because I knew Rocky was coming on with me tonight and he's a Philly fan. And I'm like, man, Jalen Hurts is back? Question mark? Like, is he's practiced this week? Is he going to play? I mean, are we starting him without hesitation? Is there a a pitch count? You know, where are you at with, with Jalen Hurts, Rocky? Are you trusting him?
2: if he were to start i'd be starting him without hesitation yes and okay. i i would kind of love it if he does because i do have a couple teams still alive with jalen hurts on them but i don't think he is i, I mean sirianni has been saying all week that oh he he could play but he said the same thing last week He he, he seemed positive uh, uh, you know, Jalen is, is superhuman. He he could do anything. He can. He yeah, he was he dunking be... on some reporters oh. about it too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just think there's no reason to play him. I think they're going to hold him out. They should be able to beat the Saints with. Uh, I, I think they're at home too with Gardner Minshew. Uh, so I just see no reason why they would play him. I'd rather keep him healthy. Uh, if you have to, you can bring him back for the Giants. Um, even if they lose this game, all they have to do is win one of these next two games, and they right. clinch the uh, the number one seed in the bye. And then and then you don't need Hertz. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do clinch. Um, which it doesn't really matter if he plays next week for fantasy because nobody nobody should be playing right. fantasy in week eighteen. But I wouldn't yeah, be I surprised know. if they do clinch with Minshew this week. That we don't see Hertz until the playoffs because
1: what's the point? Yeah, What about you, Seth, you on the same page?
3: I think it's like actually kind of a decent like I almost rather throw out Gardner this week than Hurts. Not saying like I'm just worried that if Hurts starts, maybe they run the score up on the Saints early in the first half. Maybe we don't see him in the second half. Maybe he gets benched in the, the third quarter just to preserve him. And like Gardner is going to play the whole game. And Gardner Minshew was a QB one last week. He averages over 17 points per game in the Eagle system. So he's still a serviceable low end QB one high end QB two this week for me against the saints. So I almost rather have Gardner play this week as much as that. Like, I just think there's less risk that, you know, that, that he's not going to finish the game. So I completely agree with everything else. Rocky said, I don't think they need him to beat the lowly saints right now. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys have Gardner Minshew rostered because I'm in a couple leagues and like I'm debating throwing him out there and some super flexes this uh, this week for the championship. Well, I, I think what I'm worried about, it's kind of what you guys have both sort of mentioned,
1: is that if he's starting, you're playing him. But if he starts and, you know, the first two drives are touchdowns and let's say it's a, you know, let's say they're both passing touchdowns. Let's say he gets the points himself, but then they're like, you know what? We don't really need to risk it. He knocked the rust off. He looks fine. Let's not, let's not go crazy here. Let's put Minshew in. It could happen after two plays where they put Minshew in. Like it just makes me nervous. If I have Hurts, I'm hoping that I have a better alternative to get to this point. Now my Hurts teams all lost last week. Uh, so I don't have any Hurts teams remaining, which is, I guess a nice thing in a way I already lost. So I'm out. But if you have Hurts on your roster and he was your starter up until now, um, it's a risky move to play him, but I think what Rocky said is probably what I would do too. Is like, hey, if they trust him, I'm trusting. Him. Let's go yeah. down. With it. Yeah, I think yeah. if they
2: play him, they're not taking him out till the game's not in question. Like, I think well, I it think would that, have to be like twenty eight to six in the end of the third quarter or something before. They well, I think your
1: your point out. is more like if they're playing him, they're not planning on taking him out at all. They're going to let him play the whole game, and at that point, you know why why play him at all if you're going to play him for just two series? Like, just right. hold him out. I agree with you. But I'm saying that you'd be crazy to say that's not an option. Like, it's definitely an option. You have to make sure you keep that in your brain. But overall, I do think if Hurts plays, you play him. I think the real question comes down to, though, is is he going to come back dominant? Is he going to be, you know, three touchdowns passing and one rushing and 100 yards? I don't know about that either, even if he plays the Mm -hmm. whole game. We've Mm -hmm. seen a whole bunch of players that should do well, that aren't doing well right now, that are either working through injuries or coming back from injuries. And with the playoffs ahead, that's much more important. So why... Why take the hit? Why run for eight yards when you can just take the knee after two yards, right? There's a whole bunch of other gameplay things in this for him. And
2: again, kind of alluding to what I said earlier. And again, this shouldn't really matter for fantasy, but if they play Minshew this week and they clinch, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of do what you said the next week where, Hertz does play like a quarter or a half and then they just take him out just because they don't want him, maybe necessarily going because at that point they have a buy too. So then they're, he's going to the playoffs having missed like four weeks or five weeks, whatever it is before he plays his next game. Uh, so, I think if he plays this week, he's playing the whole game unless it's out of hand and they can, you know, then they would definitely, I think, would take him out to avoid injury. Uh, otherwise, I think you're just going to see. Again, I think it's like 80-20 that it's going to be Minshew anyway. I, I don't think they want to risk him. Uh, even if he's mostly healthy, I don't think they want to risk him. I think they'd rather just throw Minshew out there. Like like uh, Seth said, he looked, he, Other, I mean, he had a couple turnovers, but one of yeah, them Yeah, a couple of those turnovers, fault yeah, too, yeah. yeah uh and uh he looked really good last week and i i don't think there's any reason not to just rest hurts from a real nfl perspective there's no reason i think for them to play him. it's it's a game you can win with minshu and why not you just don't really like, need to win it that's, that's the other like, yeah that, you can that, win that, it but it's no, not actually, even that vital that, i mean like, you'd want to I mean, i'm sure they prefer to get the of course. budget course this week but you're right. I mean, they can lose this week and and they can win the next week against a Giants team that's also probably going to have nothing to play for that week. And yeah. uh, and they can still clinch. So I just I think it's so 80-20 might be optimistic um, in terms of or like the 20% chance that Hurts plays that might be optimistic. It might be more like five or ten
1: yeah Yeah. and i think again it hurts is a is a you know weird story i don't know, weird it sounds negative but like a hell of a story this year like there were a lot of people that thought he was going to be trash and he did not disappoint i mean he was qb1 in a lot of leagues and and deserved mm-hmm. it and and carried people to the title game so congrats to that if you have hurts obviously you're you're doing well and i hope he does come back and again for NFL's sake not for fantasy but for NFL's sake i hope he's fine in the playoffs and we get to see full hurts i, I want to see 100 percent hurts and I think the team obviously wants to see that too, when it matters the most. So let's hope they do the smart thing. But the last thing I want to talk about keeping with the quarterback theme was, I mean, and again, I feel like we've talked about this before. I've talked about it on a few different podcasts, but Tua attack is officially benched this week and they're starting Teddy Bridgewater after his third or fourth or seventh concussion. We don't even know. Right. Um, I know there are a lot of discussions to be had about this. And, and we talked about it again on trade addicts with the ick and things like, do I really want to play Tua if he's not healthy and all this? Like, and my question for us tonight is just more like, should he come back this year at all? Like the dolphins are most likely in the playoffs and you know, they're probably going to be a six or seven seed or something like that. I don't think they're better. I don't know if they can be better than that. Maybe they can, but either way is, is Tua done for the year? And, and Seth, I'll kick it to you first. What are your thoughts on Tua in general with this whole mess that the concussions?
3: Yeah. So it's, it sucks to see, you know, like, honestly, like like from a story standpoint two has been a really good story. I doubted him a lot coming into this season, as I think a lot of people in the fantasy football industry did, but he's proven us wrong. And, he, and he's been stellar, at least earlier in the season, the last couple weeks, he's been shaky at the end, you know, really threw that green Bay game away. I, I was riding the green Bay uh, money line. So I was happy about it, but overall, like it, it sucks, but I don't know if he should, Come back, but I think he's going to. This technically is only his second concussion on the record. They're they're deeming that first one the back issue, so <clears throat> this is technically a second concussion. It's worrisome for from a dynasty you know career long standpoint, but for this season, I think he'll be back. Um, there is a two percent shot that the Steelers get in the playoffs, and I know there's a, a chance that uh, the Jets and the Patriots could both make a run at it as well. So Miami's not locked in there yet. Teddy Bridgewater is a fine backup but he's not Tua so uh I'm hoping he comes back I think he will be back though because this is a guy who while he's down this week man he's gritty he's gritty and he's tough and this Mm. is his team so I I think he wants to be out there and I think we'll see him in week 18 if it comes down to it
1: I agree with you on, on a lot of that Rocky you got any thoughts on Tua
3: no, I
2: think Seth pretty much covered it. I do. I do think he'll be back, and uh, especially if they're in the, you know, if they're
1: have, have they clinched the playoff spot already?
3: No, no. Okay. no, they're
2: not
1: clinched. No, they're the seven seed right now at eight and seven. They're a game ahead of the Patriots, the Jets, the Titans, Steelers. Like they're a game up on those That's guys. So they're heard. only one yeah. game out. I mean, they're not. Yeah. It's not a guarantee. But yeah. I mean,
2: if they're in the playoffs, I think he's coming, even if he doesn't play week 18, I think he'll be back for the playoffs. So I think he's playing again. And, and, and I, like I said, I think I pretty much agree with everything Seth said. So no need to to repeat well, all the smart stuff that he said. That's right. There you go. Well,
1: the only thing I'll add, I guess, if if there's even anything to add is that, you know, let's, let's kind of pivot this back to dynasty. Are we worried about Tua in dynasty? Are we worried about him as a, you know, a, a liability or something that we don't want on our rosters because of the re-injury concerns. I mean, obviously the best situation for Tua is to, to sit down, not play, and to rest the brain and to kind of not let that, you know, be a thing. The NFL doesn't stop. You know, they're not going to pause and wait for him to be healthy. He's going to have to be out there. And I think we've seen that already this year. He wants to be out there. You know, I was at that Thursday night game uh, with the Bengals where he got hurt and, and it was bad. It was, it was ugly. Um, I think that changed a lot of people's perception too. And you can kind of see that and it kind of, you know, rang true just how much these hits can damage a person, you know, like that, it that changed really woke a lot of people up. Critical. Well, yeah, as it should have, because the, the, they were just so terrible within the week before, not even, you know, catching anything. So what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to get to here is in dynasty, you know, with this concussion and him missing this week, even if let's say he misses this week and it's your fantasy playoffs. So it doesn't really affect your fantasy season for 2022. Right. He's already out. It's done. And you're probably not playing next week. So for fantasy, he's done for the year, right? I was asking more like, should he come back in the NFL? And then the question then goes, well, what do we, what does that mean for his dynasty value? Does this hurt his value for next year? Do we, are we worried about him getting more concussions? And again, I'll kick it to you, Seth, but like, does this hurt his value going forward? Or is this just kind of a blip and he'll be fine by next year? No, no worries.
3: I mean, it's absolutely something to be concerned about something that's going to ding him if you're looking to move off him in trades this off season because of this issue, like concussions are no joke boys. And yeah. I mean, think about what happened to Andrew Luck. It wasn't just concussions for him, but who thought that Andrew Luck, maybe the greatest talent we've seen since, oh. you know, the, the the Mannings come out a, a, and and retire so early in his career. So it could absolutely happen. And you, know, you got to think right now too. This Miami team is loaded. They got Bradley Chubb that, this during the, the the trade deadline. They got Jeff Wilson. They got some really good running backs. Receivers are loaded. Offensive line, could, as always, use a little bit of work. But this is a win now team. And if if Tua has these issues next year too, like they're gonna move off him. Like let's just be honest, boys. They're gonna move off, off him. As awesome as a guy as uh as, as the new head coach is, like I, I still think McDaniel would move off him. As well, McCann, you know? yeah. So. What about you,
1: Rocky? You on the same kind of page there? Are you worried at all or not really? What are you thinking?
3: Yeah, I'm not too
2: worried. Uh, I mean, we don't, it is. I mean, we have seen it obviously with two of this year, but it's not like it's, it's a, you see quarterbacks getting concussions all the time. Like it's, it's not as common. Maybe I think as in some other positions, not that it doesn't happen. So, and I, feel i hate that we keep saying this but it's because we both hosted this week we kind of talked a little bit about this on trade addicts uh, earlier this week um in that like we've seen a lot of players that have concussion concerns and then it sort of never comes up again they don't if they gotten one we haven't heard about it like yeah, Brandon but, cooks brandon went, cooks
3: i was just about to say that But yeah, earlier in the season people were worried about him as well
2: earlier in his career Devonte adams had a couple yeah. Uh, yeah one particularly bad one and it's never been an issue again so i mean it obviously could be but it's not something i'm really going to factor into his value um i mean maybe if there's another third one or another particularly bad one where he gets knocked out on the field or something and that could be career ending, that kind of thing. But until it actually happens again, I'm not really factoring it in.
1: I'm with you on that. And I think for me, what it, what it kind of does is moves him down in the same tier that he's already in. That's pretty much where I'm at with it. Like, I don't think this changes his tier, but this definitely, this added risk, this potential for missing games, this, you know, potential for head injuries again, like you said, Seth, no joke, right? Like we got to be serious with this. So I think part of it is he, he hasn't been a top five quarterback this year. I mean, you could argue that, yeah, he's had some great weeks. He's got some great weapons, but he's been somewhat inconsistent. His ceiling is still there, but his floor is lower than I think what a lot of people mentioned. So for me, it's kind of like he's in that second slash third tier, depending on how you want to rank things and how big of a group you want to put in there and all this. And for me, it just kind of moves him down a couple spots, but he's still in that same tier, right? He's still somebody I'm fine as my QB1. I'd rather get somebody better. I think what I would probably be doing if I had, uh, if I had two in some leagues where he was my number one quarterback. And let's say my QB two was like a Jared Goff or a Davis Mills. Mm -hmm. Like one of those guys that's like at any minute can be replaced in the draft, you know, and I, I can't trust them next year. I might try to pivot off of Tua and try to package up and go to get somebody, you know, maybe you do something like Tua and Zeke after this week's game for like a Justin Herbert or something, right? Like maybe you can pull off a trade like that or trade for Lamar Jackson. Who's been hurt and had his own issues. And, Fans and teams and, and whatever might have issues with this. So there's a couple different angles of this, but I, I think that in general, I'm kind of where you guys are. It's something to keep in mind, but I'm not dropping him off the face of the planet. I'm not trying to trade him away. I'm probably holding on just to kind of see what happens here with these, uh with the concussions and with the rest of this year, really, because if he gets another concussion in the first week of the playoffs, maybe that changes my opinion again. But until that happens, we can't, you know, I can't predict it. So Uh, Great having Albert in the chat here saying hi to you, Seth. Albert, that's our guy. That's
3: our guy, Albert. Good to see you tonight, Albert. I feel like that name looked familiar to me for a
1: number of reasons. So thanks for joining us, Albert, tonight. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get into the main topic tonight. So obviously with the end of the season, uh, with the end of the calendar year, it's always a good time to look back and, and kind of take a retrospective and be like, all right, with the season ending, and again, by the time you're listening to this, the season is probably over for you. You probably won a title, didn't win a title, what have you. But what I want to talk about, what we're going to talk about tonight is what did we learn this year? What what can you say, again? even if it's just one or two little things, uh, what would you say has changed in your Dynasty life? And then kind of focusing specifically on Dynasty as we get into the next season. Uh, Seth, I'll kick it to you first. What would you say is like one of the things you might have learned this year? And again, it doesn't have to be a massive thing, but mm-hmm. I guess just looking back, where are you at with 2022 and what do you plan on doing differently next year?
3: Yeah, so one of the things I was really tracking coming into this season was rookie running backs and, and what their performances were in their first season. The last couple seasons have been stellar for rookie running backs, a lot of them finishing as RB1. So I came into this season, I targeted guys like Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, and I didn't necessarily pay up for them as much in dynasty draft, had a lot of redraft keeper shares of them. I wish I had more dynasty shares, but it's going to drive me to like like... Yes, young wide receivers are awesome when you can hit on a Garrett Wilson, when you can hit on a Justin mm. Jefferson, a Devonta Smith. But there are a lot of misses as well. And I think sometimes, like, like this season, like people were getting cute during startups taking Traylon Burks and, and some lesser talent wide receivers over some of these more elite running backs. Every, every running back honestly came through as far as rookies. Damian Pierce was, was pretty good. You got him end of first rounds, early second round. I didn't. I didn't think White would have a, a big of a, as a role down in Tampa Bay. as He's had and he's been electric as well. So, you know, all those guys from Donovan Knight we saw pop up. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, so just I'm gonna be like targeting more rookie running backs. I think in all my leagues moving forward. The one thing I think we have to keep in mind as well, though, like we can't get carried away because, as we know, Brees Hall got us torn ACL. Javante Williams, we were hyped about him torn ACL. Yep. So like it's something to keep in mind. The upside's there, and if you can get someone to stay healthy the entire year, which is super, super hard to do, um, it, it, it could pay off really well for you. So keep targeting those young running backs. I know that's something that it, it's not too revolutionary to say that we know that as managers, but I'm gonna keep going after them, and I'm gonna keep trying to sell these aging running backs. Like I know Josh Jacobs just had a career career year, but uh, you know if I can flip him for that one hundred and one, give me some Bijan, and and package some other stuff to, to get that. I'm willing to do it.
1: Well, I think you're, you're breaking some news here, Seth. Let me make sure I heard you're just saying younger running backs are better. Are we sure? Like that doesn't, yeah. I can't be right. But No, but yeah. I, I, I I'm kind of poking fun a little but at the same time. I agree with you. Like the more I play dynasty, the more I feel like the stereotypes hold true. They, um, yeah. Yeah. Like the older receivers, you don't want as much. You want younger receivers. You want younger running backs. You want younger quarterback age, definitely matters and all this but rookies are something to focus on. I like that. What about you, Rocky? I know there was a lot in there and you might take some of that too, but anything else from there that you might've learned in 2022 that you're taking forward with you?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I I'll agree with what Seth said too. I mean, definitely the rookie running backs is definitely the way to go. Uh, it's, it's why it's why rookie draft classes for dynasty. It's, it's, it's almost always based on what are the running backs like, like, in a super flex. What are the, what are the quarterbacks like we've had good receiver classes where people aren't thrilled with the draft because you don't have the running back. So uh it's that, de- yeah, definitely try and keep cycling through those, those younger guys and their values. Like, uh, I think Seth kind of alluded to it, their value shoots through the roof. So, get them in that rookie draft. And then, you know, two years, three years down the line, you can sell them and and get a fortune back and and get the next, uh, the next rookie running
1: back at one Oh three or something. So I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like maybe, (laughs) maybe the lesson to learn here is how long are you holding on to rookie running backs? Right. I mean, obviously they have to perform for you to hold on to them at all. Um, I think they're the the one thing I'll kind of use this as a pivot in one of mine and rookie running backs are obviously something I want more of, but you also have to pick the right one. Right. I mean, like, I would much rather have a first rounder than a second rounder, duh. But at the same time, do some of your research, look at some of the kind of play calling things. I know I was a little bit higher on Isaiah Spiller coming into this year because I thought, hey, they drafted him. They want him. They want him to someone to spell Eckler, which even Eckler was like, we need somebody to spell me. That didn't happen. You know, Eckler carried the load again and yes. was dumb again. And Spiller, all that talk was nothing and was pretty much droppable in some formats, right? Where it's like, you don't want him on your team at all. You you know, you don't have taxis, maybe you only got twenty-five roster spots in 12 team league. He might be on waivers right now, still, right? So there there are some there are some narratives, and this is kind of my, my lesson, I guess. There are some narratives that make sense that don't pan out. And and I would say don't be too afraid to learn that lesson quickly and get out ahead. I think a lot of times I hold on too long to players, especially players I draft, where I feel like I, I did the research, I like this player, I'm getting a good value on them, what have you. And I don't want to drop him. I don't want to trade him for less than I I spent on the draft. You know, let's say I drafted Isaiah Speller at the 203 in a draft. And then somebody in June before the season even starts is offering me a 24, you know, in this case, a 23 second for him. You know, maybe I look at that and I I actually genuinely take a look at it and I take my head out of it. And I'm like, hey, maybe this is a a chance for me to get out early because there's no way he's worth that now. I don't want to say that isn't true for every case. And it's more like, you know, case by case basis, do some research on that. But I think part of where I'm going with this is rookie running backs are great until they're not. Uh, rookie running backs are terrific in some cases. You know, Brees Hall dominated this year until he got hurt. And I'm not saying the injury is something we can predict. I'm not even trying to get there. It's just more like Brees Hall was was a beast and deserving of that 101 spot. I don't think it's going to happen now because of the injury, because of course he comes back from that. There's some stress. He's lost points. Yada, yada. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There's some talk about Jonathan Taylor. Is he the one-on-one? Probably not. So my lesson is more like there are probably more running backs that churn through that top 10 than any other position. And rookies generally find their way in there sooner. So I'm kind of with you on that, Seth. And that's where I, I like rookies for sure. One other point I wanted to make before we finish up
2: on that is, uh, if you're getting one of the highly regarded ones, one of the first round guys, one of the first two or three running backs, whatever the kind of the tier break is before people, you know, start thinking there's a drop off coming into the league. Th- those guys don't even necessarily have to really perform and you can make a profit on them. Like Javante Williams yep. did not have an RB1 season last year and you he was like through the roof um, oh yeah, it was crazy free, Point. Yep. season. Or e- even a better example, Cam Akers did next to nothing oh, no. his rookie yeah. year. Yeah, he had a nice yeah. little playoff run, and everybody was paying like two firsts for Cam Akers that following all season. <laughs> so, uh, it, people always talk about how quarterbacks hold their value in superflex. The elitely the elite-regarded running backs coming in, unless they completely like fall off the face of the earth in their rookie year. And like I said, you could argue Cam Akers was doing that for like ten games that season and he still he still increased in value. So the elite running backs, uh college prospects they they also hold their value usually for at least a year or until that injury has you gotta you gotta hope that uh and like i said Brees Hall hall's pr- pretty still highly valued as well and he had an injury so uh but he, he was performing as well though too so mm-hmm. that helped but yeah they're gonna hold their value so i mean that that's what again going back to what i said quarterbacks and running backs are, are, are what make a draft class and
1: and both uh tend to hold their value I agree with you on that. And I do want to bring this up. I looked it up while you were saying that because I wanted to make sure I got it right. Before the 2021 season, right, after Cam Akers had that amazing playoff run like you were talking about, I got an offer sent to me for I would send Cam Akers and Noah Fant and I got back Josh Jacobs, OJ Howard and a 22 first. Right. So like I sold Akers for Jacobs in a first pretty much because Fant was a name, but it didn't do anything. But still, like that was the kind of trade you were getting at the time. Um, and if I'm looking the, at that, like, that's crazy now, obviously. But, like, that was a great deal then, too, you know? And I think at the time I tra- – and this was coming off the year, I believe
2: um, – after digs got to Buffalo, I traded acres for digs straight up off that offseason. Oh,
1: there you go. Yeah, so, I remember hearing uh, you talk I'm very about that. <laughs> <forward. laughs> yeah, that's a great trade. Great trade. All right, so Rocky, you got anything else, I guess, on your 2022 learn list? What else would you say you put together this year? And I mean, this is also almost even more basic and it's more of a reminder,
2: but I feel like it was, like, it kind of was stressed more to me this year anyway than in past years. And it is again very basic, but just. How much we know nothing going yes. into the season, like Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, the entire Broncos offense, Matt, Matt Stafford, uh-huh. uh, Josh Jacobs, for that matter, you know, positive and negative. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: Ky- Kyle Pitts somehow being being worse than he uh. was in his, in his rookie year. Jeez, when, when yeah. We all were a little disappointed to begin with uh there's just so many things that like you know we think we know going in and we just don't know so i mean i guess the main lesson you can take from that if anything and actionable is if you're like us like degenerates and you're in 10 15 20 leagues or more uh, is just make sure you diversify don't don't go too all in There's go. going to be things you get right like uh, I, I you know i was a big big uh hurts proponent coming into the season not just because of my fandom uh, but, and that, that's paid off and, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'm going to take my last victory lap right now on Zach Wilson being trash ever since he came into the league.
1: Uh, <laughs> An so old record you're playing there, Rocky. I know. But I have to be bringing
2: it up because it's finally come to fruition. It's also
1: very true now. It was yes. it was kind of you could it's speculate still, on like, it last week. Now it's no, very true. Yeah, again. because
2: before the season, people were still acting like, "Oh, he might increase in value." Like, no, he's yeah. I had some right. hope. I had some hope. <laughs> yeah, I had there, some hope. There yeah. are people out there. I know. So I'm getting all those right. weapons. But my on, point is, uh... there's things we get right, but there's so many things we get wrong. Uh, and, and it's just good to to kind of remember that and not go too all in on on any one narrative. I, I was even thinking like the entire NFC West, like we thought that was going to be a shootout right? every single week,
1: and that did not happen. <laughs> and the NFC East was supposed to be terrible, and then yes. they're all blowing up yeah, and all, all in the playoffs spelling. somehow. Like what the yeah, I, I'm with you. And it, actually, that's a perfect segue to one of the things I wanted to mention was embrace the chaos, right? um I, I think a lot of times it. it and this may sound odd for all three of us who are, you know, content creators of our own right. I am constantly, you know, creating content, answering DMs, answering questions, doing my best. I'm, I'm trading in my own leagues. I'm, you know, trying to make the best decisions I can with the information available. And then there are just sometimes it doesn't work out, right? Mm-hmm. And just it is as much as you want it to be true, it just isn't true. And I think the, the quicker we kind of just accept that instead of dwelling on it, um, I'm not to say you you know, obviously learn from our mistakes, you know, learn where we can get better and learn, and that's kind of what we're doing here, right? Is like looking back and be like, all right, what can we be smarter? But at the same time, just accept that you can't predict everything. Like I just said before, too, right? Like we're not going to be right in nine months. It, it, the chaos is part and, of the fun Even too. even in season two, like
2: yes, Christian Watson after six weeks was a total bust. Yep. And, and now, like, every you know, everybody wants a piece of Christian Watson. So, yeah. Oh, just, I got them all, baby. I, got <laughs> I, all. I, I have a lot to set. Actually. <laughs> I was pretty high on them. I wish yeah, I had, had more. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I guess what I'm saying, too, though, is partially of the of the don't beat yourself up variety. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Don't don't take it too hard if you don't get something right. I, I know when I was in one or two leagues and I only had, you know, eight receivers, I really was paying attention to. And like the rest of my bench didn't matter. You know, between the two teams it was like well then i have to get all these decisions right like this is very important to me and kind of to your point too about diversifying you know get in more leagues because then you will end up having almost every player anyway and you're like well i'm just happy that everybody's alive and everybody's playing and i'm just i'll figure it out right
3: yeah yeah, um, yeah. i think by that, the
1: way that- it makes
2: it much easier watching games when yes. you have a lot of leagues because you have because you have every player so it's like you don't care that one guy did bad and one guy did good because it helped you and hurts you in, in multiple places.
1: Oh, I, I can't tell you how many times on a Sunday I'll be watching red zone and see a touchdown and just go, Oh, I don't even know exactly. if I have that guy. Like I, yeah. I probably have him on Where, three teams. Whereas if you're like in like
2: two leagues, you're yep. living and dying on like yep. every, you know,
1: every play yep. Ram catch or drop
2: yeah. or whatever. Yeah.
1: That's the, and maybe that's the second one I was going to get into is that find your sweet spot, because I think for everybody, the sweet spot is different. And by that, I mean, how many leagues are you in? I think that there are definitely people that have a ton of fun in one or two leagues. Great, have a ton of fun in one or two leagues. If that's your thing, if you know you've got four kids and a part-time job and a full-time job and like you're doing, you're creating content. I don't know, like whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing. If you're busy and can only handle that, great. Don't join more leagues. But if you feel like I don't want to say you feel like it's easy, but if you feel like you can take on another roster, you can take on another, you know, set of of friends to trade with, or you know, another DM chat of whatever version. Then I say do it. And I, I am actually, I'm probably going to be you know, pounding this drum a little harder this year than than usual, but adopt an orphan instead of starting up. Uh, There are a lot of orphans. There are going to be a lot of leagues that are looking at, at, you know, new managers and fresh meat and fresh faces coming in this year. With the COVID leagues, there's a whole bunch of of people that joined leagues that didn't want to, or that overextended themselves that are, you know, maybe they were in 12 and they're like, that's not my sweet spot. And my sweet spot is eight and they got to cut down four leagues, right? I would recommend taking over an orphan over a startup every day of the week. It's so much more fun it, you jump into a league that's already formed, that already has players, and your players on your team, you don't give a crap about. Yeah. It's like, let me just trade these guys away. I don't, I'm not tied to any of this. And the guys on the other teams, you're going to learn a lot about them on those other managers, but you're going to be like, hey, I want Terry McLaurin for, I don't know, for my David Montgomery. And some guy's going to be like, hell yeah, I want that. And you're like, that was a steal. Like It's a whole new market, right? And it's just so much more fun. Startups are fun too, don't get me wrong. But I feel like startups, you do the startup, you trade all around, you do what you got to do. And then everybody kind of sits there for months because you just got these guys. You you literally traded up to get Nick Chubb. You traded up to get Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm not going to trade into you just now. Like I literally just got the guy. You know what I mean? So like with startups for me, I feel like it's not as active and it's you know, more boring. But at that same point, it kind of back to mine, find your sweet spot. If you like startups more and don't like yeah. adopting orphans and do that more. But I, the thing in overall with all of this is just have more fun in Dynasty. You know, join a new league, set up a new league with some friends of yours, get out of leagues you don't like. All of that is the same theory of just have more fun with this. So what do you think about that, Seth?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely want to echo what you're saying. Join leagues, but also like don't overextend yourself because I've seen so many people, especially like, again, that 2020 year, people were joining 10, 15, 20 leagues. And it just got to the point where like, I play in some leagues with people, especially Dynasty, where... They've barely touched their roster all season. They haven't executed a trade in a year and a half. They have been sitting on a shit ton of fab. And, like, it just takes the whole value of the league down a little bit. So, like, don't overextend yourself if you feel overextended. I think, you know, that's when you fire up, hey, does someone want to take this team off my hands? Because, Rocky, you probably know you're in a shit ton of leagues. But, like, (laughs) it's not fun to play with those people who've been having the same running back in, in in his starting lineup for two years, who isn't even a start startable running back. You know, I, I just hate that. I just hate that more than anything is having those like in limbo teams out there.
2: Yeah. I agree with you. I, 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 agree with everything you said like don't don't overextend yourself like I'm in uh, you know I always talk about the ridiculous number of leagues I'm in but that is definitely not for everybody I I do think Andrew always makes does make this point that it, it, you know if it's something you're interested in trying to, to keep having that many teams or you just love doing this so much like me it, it does become easier honestly like if you can yeah. do 15 teams then you do 20 like, the difference between 20 and 40 is not really that much of a difference so yep. uh, <laughs> and Andrew points that out all the time uh so yeah and exactly what you said too like when you have those leagues where there are people like that it, it does become annoying um and so yeah don't ever yourself stuff and if you're in leagues like that you know don't be afraid to leave them either if you, if, if you have a lot of managers that are kind of being that way um oh. where you're being active but they're you know they're not that
3: my, that's my first dynasty league ever got into with a, a couple people i knew from college and you know started probably 5 years ago at this point and this was going to be our final year with it, but it was one of those that like people just weren't really that active anymore. In the commissioner didn't really want anything to do with it. And like, it was kind of sad, but we just didn't play the final year of that league. And like, yeah, it kind of sucked. But at the same time, like I was glad not to have to deal with it. Cause it really didn't matter at this point. So yeah, th- just kind of echoing what you said there, Rocky. Well,
1: and, and I'll kind of pivot into this and kind of wrap it up in a way, but, and kind of kick it back to you guys. But, um, I would say that my sweet spot, I didn't really find it for three years, right? So I don't want to make it sound like you know what your sweet spot is. I think yeah. that's kind of the other thing with this is that find your sweet spot. If you're in a bunch of leagues now and it's overwhelming, hell yeah, get out of some. That's not your sweet spot, right? But if you felt like this year was easier or not as stressful or it was manageable, then keep all those leagues and see how the off season goes. That's pretty much my plan. I feel like I had, a, I had 17 lineups I had to set every week, and that was just the right spot for me. Where I could still kind of focus on them, I knew who was in each league. I was able to pay attention to teams. I could keep in my brain who I had on what teams and things like that. For me and the way my brain works, that was my sweet spot. I'm not mm-hmm. saying you need to join mm-hmm. 17 leagues. That's yeah, not one thing. That makes no sense. I also know that I couldn't do 40. While it is probably true to go from 17 to 40 is not that much work, I don't <laughs> know if I would enjoy it as much. Yeah, and I do all I of this to enjoy it, it right? Yeah. So if I'm enjoying 17. I'm going to stay right about here. I might join one or two because you're right. 17 to 19, who cares? 17 to 20, who cares? But I'm sure as hell not going to be joining 20 new startups. <laughs> that's a dumb idea, right? For me, for me. Now, for Rocky, you're at 40 leagues. You're sure as hell not going to be joining 20 more startups. I can no. guarantee you that's not going to happen, right? But if you're in two leagues, I also guarantee you're not going to join 20 more startups. Like That's not what this is. All of this is a is a is a learning. It's a process. And I think once you find that sweet spot, you'll know it. And so if this year was too much, tone back. If it wasn't enough where you felt like you could handle it, bump up a little. Um, but I do think that it's, it's kind of all in that same uh, mindset. This is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be a hobby to distract you from the real world. It's supposed to be a way to connect with other friends and to talk about something else. And to have it's a hobby. It's meant to be something that distracts you from the real world. It's not meant to be a stressor. And I think sometimes the, the thrill of playing in all these leagues and the thrill of playing with these, all these people or on all these platforms or in all these formats, like all that sounds fun and all, and, and especially in January, February, March. I will be honest with you. I didn't join any startups last year except for Dynasty Junkies too of course, but like, I didn't join any startups and it was my favorite off-season yet. Like, okay, that's the lesson I'm taking from this is don't mm-hmm. forget mm-hmm. that I didn't join any startups and had a great year and I loved it. That to me is the lesson I'm learning right? And if I didn't join any startups and hated this year, maybe that's the lesson is go join startups, right? So like, just everybody's different. So I'm not giving you advice because I don't know who you are if you're listening, to this. right? If your name is John Smith in Albuquerque, New Mexico, that's hilarious. Please tweet me because I don't know how I got that right. But I'm not talking to you. I'm saying whoever you are, do what you need to make yourself have more fun with this. So that's kind of my bigger point with some of this Was what did I learn in 2022? I had a good time this year. I'm in five title games. I... I Made a ton of trades. I, I mean, I think I, I made more trades this year than ever. I made 180 trades for the season across all my wow. leagues. Congrats, that's pretty man. Good. That's impressive. I'm that's very that. impressive. That's awesome. I'm happy with that. And, and they my home league. I made zero trades this year. Not a single trade in my home league because nobody would trade with me. They all thought I knew something they didn't know. They all thought I was trying to fleece them. And that's like, how it goes.
3: Yep. You know that's what? No, goes. I'm in
1: the finals there, and I'm like, you know what? I don't need your scraps. I got my drafted team, <laughs> and I'm good to go. That's all. You just said, like it's kind of better yeah. that way. You know what I mean? But. Uh, any other lessons, maybe Seth, okay could kick it to you first. Any other lessons you want to bring up big, small, what have you, anything you're thinking about?
3: Yeah. Just as far as positional value goes after this year, like, I don't know if it was just one of those years, but I've always been a, a, of the, of the mindset. I want a, a very valuable and reliable tight end. Mm. I don't know anymore, man. I have a lot of Mark Andrews. I had a lot of TJ Hawkinson last year when he let me down. So I'm just a like, If you picked up Evan Ingram, if you picked up some of these guys who kind of came out of nowhere, like I almost think that's kind of the strategy. Get some of these lower value guys. Trade a late third round or something like that of lesser value. Go after a veteran tight end who's been in the league for a while. And on the opposite spectrum, I've always been a a guy who rolls with – I have a lot of Tom Brady, a lot of Kirk Cousins, a lot of these kind of aging veteran quarterbacks. Kirk, Kirk did work out the, the leagues I have Kirk yeah. in, I, I'm sitting pretty in a lot of finals with, but they're, you know, had a lot of Russell Wilson coming in this year. Like I'm paying up next year more for, for good run or for good quarterbacks. in a lot of these, whether it's a super flex, single quarterback league, like I want the Jalen hurts. I want the Josh Allen's. And part of it's just cause it's fun. You know, it like part of it is just, it's fun to watch those guys. But I have no Josh Allen. I have no Patrick Mahomes. I have a couple Jalen Hurts, but not as much as I would like. So I, I want more of that. you know. I, I will say on that a little,
2: though, because because you know, you're know you going against my brand here, Seth. Um, <laughs>
3: you're a you're late quarterback guy. Yes, even okay. Superflex,
2: oh, yeah. yes. That's my whole thing. It's been, since I, I got into this, that's okay, been my cool. whole thing. Okay. He wants but, quarterbacks
1: um, right before they're dead. That's what he's looking for. Like. Uh, but no, but
2: oh, – you know, I, I've been into Kirk for like five years and he's, he's yeah. been long before he was dead. But um I will say those three guys you mentioned are pretty much it where, where, where that's even worked out this year. Kyler, Lamar, Justin, even Justin Herbert. has Burrow, been great. Yeah, Burrow, but, You're right. Burrow too. So it's but, like four you, guys. Right. Yeah.
3: The, even those like, you got to look out for those little mobile guys, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I didn't want any Kyler. I was fading Kyler coming into the season. I was fading Lamar a little bit as well, coming into the season. Like I'm kind of over those guys. Like, I love watching Justin Fields, but if you, you know, said, Hey, you can have Justin Fields or you can have Trevor Lawrence moving forward, like, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence every day. I just think it's more sustainable. So I'm staying away from the little guys, too, man. I just, I'm tired of them getting beaten down and then you don't win championships with those guys a lot of those years. What what about Hertz then? Hertz is different, dude. Hertz is a little more (laughs) built. built Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a Hertz guy, honestly. Like, I think he's
2: he does One, a pretty good can... job of, as someone who watches him every week a pretty good job of protecting himself too running out of bounds mm-hmm. yeah. In, yeah
3: yeah and it just intangibles are off the charts and f- for me that actually does matter in fantasy football for for my you know he's a great leader he's always been a great leader great stand-up guy we yeah. saw it when he bounced around but yeah he, he's like as small as i would get almost like he, keep in mind like bryce young's coming into this this season and I don't He's think smart. I want yeah. like I would much rather I, I would much rather take some of these other quarterbacks coming in. This I could not believe when Ohio State came came to Penn State this year how big that team was just in general. Okay. So I will absolutely be targeting uh, the quarter Ohio State over over uh, Bryce Young right here. here. Yeah. Well, and and on that note, and we'll kind of get next one on to you the
1: Rocky, But like I, I think what you're getting at is is kind of especially with tight ends, I want to focus on this. The the list of startable tight ends has kind of gotten smaller and larger at the same time. And let me explain. It used to be you had like six tight ends that were set it and forget it tight ends. And the rest were kind of streamers. This year, it feels like it's Kelsey and everyone else. So if you don't get Kelsey, go get someone else. It doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't really matter because you could start Colt Komet. You could start Dawson Knox. You can start Hawkinson. You can start Fryermuth. Like, there's all these tight ends that are kind of like, I don't know, Cause none of them are any good, which is kind of relieving in a way, right? Like the stress is kind of off, you know, like, Oh, okay. So like, I'm with you. Like the, the only, the only real thing to learn in my opinion there is like, well, when it comes to tight end, go get Kelsey, right? Like get the guy that you can set it and forget still. I mean, as much as I like Andrews and Kittle and Pitts and all these other guys, especially in dynasty, none of them, I mean, again, Kittle's kind of coming on here late, but none of them were really that reliable week in and week out like Kelsey was. And you had some hot right. weeks here and there, but Kelsey will get you a hundred yards or 10 catches every week, almost every week. And that's something you really, it's hard to replace that. Right. And so again, if you're not that one team in your league that gets Kelsey, then go get Ingram, go get those other cheaper guys. Yeah. I love that logic. Yeah. I agree entirely.
3: Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm done. I, I I paid up way too much this year for the Dalton Schultzes, the Kittles mm. and, and the Wallers of the world. I'm just, I'm done doing that. There, there's more people we can find like, I mean, I was hot on George Kittle, his breakout year, Mark Andrews, his breakout year. Like, find those guys. I think though, you know, that's where the value pays oh, yeah. off in the end.
1: Well, if you're not first, you're last, right? If you're not Kelsey, then who cares? That's yeah. kind of my logic there. Yeah. What about you, Rocky? Anything else you want to take away from 2022 before we turn the calendar over?
2: Yeah, I mean, the one other thing I thought of, and I hate to to do this because I feel like we're going to title this episode, uh, you know, Trade Addicts uh, Part 2 or something. Right. Trade Addicts um, but Continued. it was that it's something we talked about on there again uh theme of this show uh which is that and it's something i've sort of been learning over the the past few years and again sort of cemented this year and this playoff run is i am trying to stay away from sending elite assets like even Mm. like including first round picks even and to make a big playoff push uh, I, I'm fine you, you know you want to just today I sent a 24 second for James Conner in a title game Uh, t- to start him in a title game something like that I'm fine with but I really think we need to I, I think the better play is to to not go all in again with elite assets you can get a, a Zeke for a second a Conner for a second things like that but I just think it hurts too much in the long run and obviously and it doesn't usually pay off the way you hope it will uh even even if you do it at the beginning of the playoffs like uh, we've talked about it most game playoff game not just playoff games but fantasy games in general are, are are generally decided by double digit points and a lot of times that one guy you traded for is not gonna is not gonna make the difference yeah. and and uh Seth you'll love this i had a trade Uh, which I don't even know what I was thinking when I did it, because it really wasn't a great idea when I did it, but I thought I was getting more points. Yeah, Andrew knows what's coming. I I traded Jalen Waddle for Christian McCaffrey straight up and lost because I made that trade. Yeah, Uh, This week, I was doing it for the points, and I lost this week because I made that trade. I I lost my eight. It was was one of those games that was under 10 points, and the difference between the two was 12 points. So... Uh, it, it didn't even work in the short term, and it's obviously not a good play long term. So, uh, it, it, it's kind of out of character for me anyway, because I, I, I'm a huge waddle guy. But uh, I, I just had like a, I think I got excited because I was I made like uh, two other trades, three other trades that morning, and I just kept going, and I shouldn't have. So yeah, <laughs> um, most of those were smaller trades because I you know I traded for like a Brock Purdy and a Tom Brady and things like that, but.
3: And I think the inverse of what you guys are talking about too is true. If you're out there in a league and someone's willing to overpay for that that asset that they think can get them yes. over the hump and win the league, do it. Because I had I have a league uh, a couple weeks ago. I was very on the edge of playoffs. I had a great team um, led by Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor. I had a couple first sitting on 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 the trade block for Jonathan Taylor. I didn't take it. Jonathan Taylor ended up costing me my my shot in, in I would oh. be in the title game right now if it wasn't. So I should have made that trade, could have got rid of Jonathan Taylor. I still had Leonard Fournette on, on my team as well. It wasn't like I was scrapping at running backs. Um, but I regret not taking that trade. I had, you know, someone in my DM for weeks trying to get him from me. So I think like that's the thing, because you never know. You really never know. And if someone's nope. willing to give you a first-round pick or an elite asset you got to make that trade, so don't be afraid to pull that trigger if someone's willing to overpay to get you over the hump. Um, I love that point, though, Rocky, because so many times, man, like I remember a a league last year, a a team was going for it four or five weeks in. They thought they had a team. They traded their first-round pick this year, which ended up being someone – I can't even remember, but someone really good for Chris Carson and Robert Woods, which was a crazy Crazy trade at that time. Mm-hmm. Chris Carson was on a yep. heater. Robert Woods—that was before his ACL injury. So, like, it made sense, but it just burned him. So, you know, something to keep in mind there.
2: Yeah, and, that's and a good like point. I said, yeah, so I think, many um, times, even if it doesn't work as poorly as that Christian McCaffrey, Jalen Wild thing, I still think so many times it doesn't really make the difference. And you win, it. like, you could have not made that trade a lot of the times, and you still would have ended up winning your league anyway because you won your two games by like thirty-five points or whatever mm-hmm. it was.
1: Well, and I think this is, again, as to keep with the theme of what we talked about on Addicts, but like, you know, don't over tinker, you know, don't, don't go crazy here. Like kind of, you know, the team that got you there might be good. And if you're not losing anybody, you're not, you know, you don't have to make a move. You didn't lose Henry or Pollard or whatever. Like there are plenty of players that are out this week. Derek Carr, like we talked about before that might convince you or kind of push you to a direction to make a trade. I get that, but don't just trade to trade, especially the title game. I love trading to trade in February. Right. Like I love trading to trade in June. I I don't mind it at all during the draft. But when you're you know, when you're staring down the battle of you and one other team for that title, man, I'm more likely to say, no, thanks. I'm going to hold. You know what I mean? Like, let's you got to really sell me on it. And the other thing is, too, and and I think this has been talked about in in Dynasty in general, but maybe something to bring up. There's almost always that tax. If you're the title team and someone is coming to you with a trade, they're going to want a lot more than what the true value is because they know you're over a creek like you're up a creek without a paddle like you're over it you're gonna have to get a little more you're gonna have to pay that tax um and i'll say as someone who is in some title leagues and some who i'm not in every title league right every title game the ones that i'm in the title matchup i feel like i i don't want to sacrifice my future for two points i don't want to sacrifice my 2024 draft capital for the potential for two points, three points, six points. Potential, even. Like,
3: yeah. You yep. know,
1: like it, it, we, we don't know how it's going to pan out. Like unless it's a smash except I'm not doing it. Like I did take a trade today, which was, again, it was kind of a monster. It involved Derrick Henry and all this. And maybe this is as good a time as any to, to bring it up. And I wanted to talk about this anyway. So now's, now's a good spot. I am in the title contest in the Ohio fin- – OHFF, the Ohio Dynasty League. It's actually – the Dynasty League Two is what we're going to be talking about and find me a trade. But this is the same league, pretty much same format, 12 teams. Uh, and I'm playing Scott Connor, our friend of the show, Scott Connor in the title game. Uh, there are very few people in this game that I'm terrified to face. Scott Connor is one of those people. Scott Connor is one of the smartest minds in this game. And I'm like, I get to play Scott Connor in the title game. Well, I'm losing that game. You know what I mean? Like, all right. Uh, I am lucky to be there. I will be honest. So I made a trade where I have Derrick Henry. And I'm looking at it like, man, I need some help. Uh, It's a start one and then a bunch of flex. So I don't really need Derrick Henry, but I'm like, I need something. I'm losing Henry. So I traded away Derrick Henry, Debo Samuel, Daniel Jones, and Curtis Samuel. And I got Stefan Diggs, Joe Mixon, Elijah Moore, and Tom Brady. So again, to recap, it's sending Henry, Samuel, Samuel, and Jones, and getting Mixon, Diggs, Moore, and Brady. Maybe that's a better way to put it. So I'm trading from Henry to Mixon. I'm trading from Debo to Stephon Diggs. I'm trading from Daniel Jones to Tom Brady and Curtis Samuel to Elijah Moore. It felt pretty even. It felt pretty okay. I'm in the title game, and I didn't feel like I was paying a tax. That's really why I did this. I'm like, you know what? I don't. I feel like I. It's two starters because I'm not starting Debo or Derrick Henry right now. Like neither one of them are playing. I could use the starters, and I don't think it kills me for the future. Mixon's younger. Diggs is a little older than Samuel, but not enough to worry about. Moore is obviously younger than Samuel, but Tom Brady, obviously the ageless wonder who knows what his value is next year. And I'm not using him this week anyway, but Mm -hmm. I guess Rocky, what is your thought on that trade? Does it seem like a fair trade or did I, you know, steal Stefan and Joe Mixon, so to speak? I don't know if I say steal, but I definitely like the side
2: you got better. And I mean, I don't consider kind of going back to my original point was, I don't consider most of what you sent kind of a super high end asset. Like, henry produced this year but he's hurt or, well he didn't play this week anyway right. and again i'm not super high on him 29 year old running back going forward uh like you said debo and 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 Diggs are virtually uh, the same age i think they're like a year year and a half apart yeah and and uh i don't remember was it brady well, elijah Mike Moore, Jones? curtis samuel
1: daniel yeah Jones, that's John kind brady. of whatever yeah. to me
2: those two but yep. uh, yeah he's younger but i you know they're going to have to improve at quarterback for more to matter. I think Wilson's going to be the one there. So that's kind of like what, you know,
1: whatever. And then what was the quarterbacks again? I got Tom Brady and I sent Daniel Jones.
2: Yeah. And again, I mean, Jones isn't a high end asset. He's probably the better asset than Tom Brady, because uh, I do think he's going to be starting going forward, uh, whether it's with the Giants or someone else. Um, Whereas I don't know, we could be getting one more, fantasy game of Brady and never see him again except in the broadcast or something yeah I I think
1: I just think he has not had a good time this year obviously the Giselle off the field drama the the lawsuits or what have you like why why just why man like just it's something you're 45 46 whatever like just man I can tell you as someone who is you know Not 45, but I'm getting up there. I know, Rocky, you're with me on this. Like, I cannot even imagine (laughs) playing in the NFL right now. That sounds terrifying. I I am the same age as Tom Brady. Like, I could not imagine
2: it. But uh, No. So, I I think
1: he's done, honestly. So, I don't think I ever get to use Tom Brady. So, for me, it was kind of like, I have to take that Tom Brady player, his value or whatever. Probably never sees the light of day, but he's my QB3 anyway. But, I guess, Seth, what do you think about that? Are you on the same page? Is that a fair trade? Did I overpay? Was was that good?
3: I think it's pretty fair overall. I, I definitely like your side better and, like, yeah, Diggs is a little bit older than Debo, but like Diggs' profile just holds up better. He hasn't been injured the Brady. last couple seasons like Debo has. He's not going to be running the ball, so I would much rather ha- have have your side of the deal. Daniel Jones, man, he's he's been fun to watch. So like I know you, you know like I I don't love that, but I do think Brady comes back. I'm on the opposite side of you guys. Okay. And m- maybe that's the 24 year old in me talking, uh, you know, <laughs> opposed to you guys, but. I think he's got one more rodeo, man. I don't he's think he been in out. the league as long as you've been alive, brother. Like what the heck? Like, <laughs> Yeah. He's got nothing. Like he's got like, he's got nothing to lose now though. Like he already lost his Maybe family. That's, that's you, a fair you know, point. You know yeah. what I mean? Like at this point, it's just like go all in. So I think we see him. I don't know whether it's Vegas. I don't know whether it's, it's the saints and we see him and Sean Payton, Sean Payton come back. I don't know if it's San Francisco. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be fun, man. I, I'm not giving up on the goat yet. That, that's so though. funny
2: that you said that. Andrew. Like Seth, Seth does not know an NFL without Tom right. Brady in it, and he's 24 right. years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: L- literally been watching this game since I was you know five six years old. I can honestly remember 2004, 2003 when I first started. Hell, watching He might my- have been the goat by then. You know what I mean? Like, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. Like <laughs> my first ever, my first ever in person game was Big Ben's first start at mm. Heinz Field. So like that kind of tells <laughs> nice. you. The, the age of my fandom and yeah tom brady at that point already had a, a super bowl or two so right. yeah he's all I, i've known so it's hard for me to let go of it i guess <laughs> that's crazy all right well i think that sums it up
1: pretty well i mean is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up on the what did we learn i think that, that covers us pretty well but anything else
3: nope nope
1: awesome all right well let's get into the the next part of this listener league update we got some updates uh, we talked about this last week. We talk about it every week, especially in the playoffs. This one was wild, and, and both leagues were wild. So this week we had Jerry Shea, the five seed, who beat Gators Bitches, the two seed, by just <laughs> under two points. Crazy upset, right? That was not the plan. And Rocky and I, the Junkies host, the one seed, we beat Funky Bunch by 49 points. So we cleared house. We We made it easy. If we had picked Jerry and faced Jerry in the first matchup, we would have won, but Gator's bitches would have beat Funky Bunch in advanced. Like that's how crazy. We got to pick our matchups. Yeah, that's we the Wow. Yeah, we that so number so we one seed gets to pick their matchup. That's we picked Funky that's Bunch sweet. last week. We talked about it. And Which Jerry. We would have beaten
2: all three teams. So it really didn't right. matter who we picked. we were the top four. We would
1: have been advanced anyway. But that's the craziness of this. So Jerry advances there because he I guess got lucky and didn't get picked by us. He yeah. was able to beat Gator's bitches by two points. Like it was real close. Which, so by the way, played, the
2: Jerry's team is favored over us this week on the
1: MFL They are. Yep. And, and that, <laughs> that is not favorable in a sense. But again, I, I do kind of, I was thinking like, I, maybe it would have been nice if we, we, maybe we should have picked week, them last week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. These are the, these are the games we play. So anyway, we are facing Jerry Shea for the final this week. Congrats, Jerry, on making it that far. And we'll give you guys an update when we can on, on how that all plays out. Uh, week, or the Junkies League two was a whole different world. None of the, none of the hosts are in the finals here. We, we've, uh, both of us had this startup as a 14-teamer, and none of us are are doing well, which is entertaining. Yeah. But we have coast-to-coast Dynasty Mercer beating Policy Gronks by 48 points, so two-seed beating a three-seed pretty handily. Go. But the upset here was Bing Pot beating Andrew Ember's team by 25 points. Andrew was the only one that got a bye. His team dominated all year. And yeah, Bing Pot lot Bing people Pot.
2: know it's sort of like the NFL playoffs. It's seven teams, yep. and the one so team get gets a buy. Cool.
1: Cool. Yeah, cool. It was a 14-team league. So this is the one where Bing Pot was picked by Andrew Imber and took him down. And if Andrew had picked either of the other two options, he would have advanced to face Bing Pot in the finals. <laughs> he would have advanced to face Bing Pot this week because that's how good that score was. So again, total craziness. But all again, that's the fun of picking playoff yeah, matchups. I love that. It like it's a good thing.
2: But so many times you see this happen where somebody but picks the team. It, that that's what them. makes it yeah. so
1: much fun <laughs> is that you can't predict it. Like in this one, Andrew picked the number seven team. He picked the team he would have had anyway, right? Uh, we yep. did not do that when we played Funky Bunch. We let Jerry Shea, the fifth seed, go to the other team. Like we, you know, we sacrificed. Yep. We would have won anyway. But it's just interesting how it all plays out. So it's just another wrinkle. I highly recommend That's it. very so, cool. Very cool. Anyway, in DJ2, we've got uh, Dynasty Mercer facing off against Bing Pot for the title. A two versus seven there. So congrats, guys, for making the final game. And like I said, uh, we'll update everyone on that when everything is final. Um, next up, last up, we've got our favorite segment of the show. I uh, want to make sure that we we give props to our man Har for this. So hang on one second. Find me a trade. Find me a trade. We'll take it, that'll work. Thanks, Brian. Har. find me a trade. This is our favorite segment and the ending one of the night. Uh, we talked, uh, Rocky and I talked to Jeff Bell on Trade Addicts this week, and he was talking about I seriously how seriously have lo- to title this something with Trade I, it, Addicts. It almost in is in Trade 20. Addicts Part Two. <laughs> yeah. We were talking with Jeff, and he said, Man, I haven't had a lot of time to find some trades in my leagues. He's been kind of busy, he's in you know 20 leagues or whatever. So, we ended up using one of his leagues that doesn't have a trade deadline. And like I said, it's the second league of the one I was talking about before, it's an Ohio Dynasty league. Uh, 14 guys here in ohio that i'll do a live draft in columbus in may it's a lot of fun a ton of great guys in this league i'm not going to go through it because we're obviously it doesn't matter uh but at the same time jeff was kind enough to give us his team uh kind of a middle of the road team i I don't know if i want to say it's a bad team but it's definitely got some holes uh it's a 14 team super flex half ppr point per first down Uh, minus four for interception i believe that's all true I didn't double check that. It might, might not be true. It doesn't matter. Start 11, QB, two running back, three receiver, tight end, three flex, and a super flex, 30 roster spots, and then 10 IR, but it's pretty much unlimited IR. Um, and I got some thoughts from Jeff on this. He said, you know, I was like, hey, what are you looking for in a trade if we were able to find one? He said, looking for young wide receivers and quarterbacks in a trade. Of course, the Debbie guy wants youth. Who knew? Um, he said he's got pick number four in the rookie draft coming up because, again, he's already out of the playoffs. He knows his spot. He's praying for Stroud or Young. or He's praying that Stroud and Young are there, or he's in trouble. He may tank, to be honest, to get Kayla Williams or May in twenty four, which I thought was hilarious. So, I came up with a trade that I think is pretty good, but I kind of want to kick it to Rocky first because I love I love the logic of your trade and it's more draft pick oriented. So, Rocky, why don't you go through yours first and then we'll go. For, well, do we want to go through the roster? Maybe yeah, that's I can.
2: I, I don't know if you have it up. I, can I have it up. It. Yeah, I'll pull I, it up. I, I, you're better with sharing the screen than I am. I always screw that up or something. Yeah, but, I, I kind of glazed
1: uh, <laughs> right through that. Yeah, but I'll, I'll pull it up. If you want to start reading the names, yeah. I'll pull it up for the listeners.
2: So his quarterback, he does have Josh Allen. But after that, it's Jordan Love, Davis Mills, Desmond Ritter, and Bailey Zappi. Uh, I think this is by design because I know Jeff is pretty much a zero RB guy. He does not have much at running back. Uh, he's got uh, Michael Carter. Damian Harris, Khalil Herbert, Cordero Patterson, uh, and then mostly just some, you know, bitten pieces guys. I like Deion Jackson, those kind of guys. The fodder. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, It's got Traylon Burks, Gabriel Davis, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Jalen Waddell, Jameson Williams are kind of the highlight at wide receiver. And again, some filler pieces, MBS, Isaiah Hodgins types. And then at tight end... Albert O is probably the best one he has. Pits well, on IR. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't look okay. down at the IR. He does have pits. Uh, no one else significant on the IR. and Those though. are mostly filler pieces. And then Albert O, and then not much else there either. He's got uh, Rob
1: Gronkowski. I love that dedication is still having Oh, I had him holding on like, out like
2: eight rosters. Like that.
1: <laughs> I, I had him on one up until like two or three weeks ago, and I was like, that's it. It's over. The dream's over. He would have come back by now,
2: but I love that. I love it. Yeah.
1: So, uh, so
2: that's pretty much his roster. And my trade was, I I thought it was kind of a smaller one, but I thought it made a lot of sense with what Jeff wants to do. Uh, it's just trade. He has the one Oh four, like we said, um, it's just trading the one Oh four and the two Oh four. And I might, if this doesn't do it for the guy, I might be willing to start a little something else in something in the range of a late second value or something Mm -hmm. like that. But I think this could work. Uh, to Kevin Galusha for for mm-hmm. one, I'm not sure if I said that right. Sorry if I butchered your name, Kevin. And you actually hear this uh, for for the 102, and that was mainly just because of what he said about yes. praying for Stroud or Young. And, and I think it makes sense too with his roster. Uh, it's not it's not a great roster. Uh, right now, and I am uh, more a proponent of getting you know high-end quarterbacks or rookie quarterbacks in the draft when 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 your team's not good because they are going to hold value, and then you you can trade down from the later if they hit or you you need other pieces and things like that. But the the Kevin uh, he does have. He's got a he's got weirdly very old team. He doesn't even seem to be trying to rebuild despite having the 102. Uh, I don't know if he plans to, so if he does, the, getting the extra pick might be more attractive. Um, if he is sticking with this, though, he does have uh, like – I'm always the worst at trying to find these when I'm looking for them. Uh, he has Dak, Geno, and Trey Lance at quarterback, so he doesn't necessarily need to get Young or Stroud. Uh, and uh, he is he's probably a little weaker at running back. He does have James Conner, but how much longer does James Conner have? He does have ETN as a young guy. Uh, Pich- Pich- I mean, yeah, he's Pacheco, done, right. James, I mean, Cook. how like, much staying power yeah. do those guys have? Yeah, yep. so uh, the 104 would be a prime spot for the Probably the second running back after um, after Bijan or receiver, even like honestly, even yeah, if he's, he's willing very to be late. I mean. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's very light at receiver. So I agree with that. I thought that was a great trade. 104 and 204 is the kind of trade you need to do to get to 102. Yeah. I mean, again, I think that could go through. I know a lot of leagues that would be enough. And especially like what you said, the guy doesn't need a quarterback per se. Um, And I know what Jeff obviously wanting and mentioning that, like that would be a trade that could maybe get pulled off. I think you have a better chance of having that happen now than the closer we get to the draft. Agreed. I, I feel like th- that's the kind of trade I would love to send right now because if you get to the draft and all the hype around it, whoever has – Kevin, at this point, whoever has the 102 is going to want more than that. And, you know, I think I the think price is going to go up.
2: Perfect for him, too, because like, like, like I said, he probably does not want – he probably wants to draft the RB2 or the wide receiver one, and he figures, oh, I get a free 204 out of it. So, mm-hmm. I mean – it makes a ton of sense for him, makes a ton of sense for Jeff, especially a 14-teamer to try and get another quarterback is, is is big. So,
1: yeah. Well, and Kevin Galusha has another first, too. So just to be clear, I looked at the list here. He's got another first, which means, again, trading back might make sense. Like, let's add some more picks. He's got a lot of holes. Like, I like that logic. What about you, Seth? Thoughts on that one?
3: Yeah, no, I, I I'm completely in, in game for that. Like if you want to get up to the one Oh two at this point in that super flex format, that's what you have to pay um, yep. right now. This class is nice enough where I think the two Oh four is going to be something, you know, of yep. value. Um, but, but I think overall for Jeff, if you're looking to get that, get that quarterback upgrade there in the super flex, that's what you got to do. So Rocky, I really like this one you threw out there, man. Yeah,
1: I'm a fan too. So I wanted to start with that because we just talked about the whole Stratter Young thing. Like that perfectly yeah. addresses that issue. Like praying they fall, yeah, they'll be there at one if two. one of them yep. for sure, and you can bounce, have your so. choice
2: probably because yeah, Bijan, I, mean, I think, even in a lot I'm, of super flex drafts,
1: I'm pretty confident Bijan's going one. Even in Superflex. I agree, but there could be a crazy thing where yeah, know, in a fourteen Arizona team super yeah, one it's of them fourteen teams Superflex yeah. is different, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So I, I like that making that move to or you could.
2: If the quarterback does go
1: one, you could take Bijan at two and then trade him for a quarterback. Bingo. I, as I, I like that move no matter yeah. what. It's kind of what I'm saying. I like that. Yeah. So I'll do mine next because it's sort of what Seth was going for. But I think it's still worth you know bringing up as a secondary option because yours is bigger than mine, Seth. I'll just say it that way. Uh, but so this would be send Traylon Burks to the team of Madman Hardits, which are obviously, you know, a co-managed team with Ian Hardits and Madman from HQ. We've got Sen Burks for Christian Kirk and Zach Wilson. And I literally wanted to pick a Zach Wilson trade just to see Rocky's face when I mentioned it. (laughs) But I also think uh, Burks is having an okay game tonight. You know, it's just one game. The the Titans are kind of a team in disarray. I think there's a lot of name value on Burks still, and now might be the time to get some value back. I I, Again, I put Zach Wilson in there, but pick another player, obviously, if you want. You know, you don't have to go for Wilson. But I would like to get another quarterback on the bench of this team, even if it's an upside guy like that. And then I know after talking with Jeff, he really liked Christian Kirk. I was like, you know what? Maybe he would do something like this. I don't know if it's enough. I'll be honest. I don't know if that's going to be enough in a sense of Jeff may not want to send Burks for that. Like he might want more back and that's fine. Um, I think that's probably the Burke side easily on a calculator or whatever, but maybe that's the kind of trade you need to make in a league like this, where you just haven't been able to get anything done. Sometimes we say that too, like, you know, knowing your league is important there. So I'll kick it to you first Rocky, and then I'll let you go next Seth and kind of pivot into yours from there. But Rocky, what do you think about that trade?
2: Yeah, I if it was a different quarterback, uh, the funny thing is, I mean, that makes it so much easier to get it done because I literally have seen uh Zach Wilson go for a third in one of
1: my leagues recently. I'd be fine with that, Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, his value is just
1: so low. So, for the record, the other quarterbacks that again, just to leave it in the same you know, team here, the other quarterbacks on Madman Harditz, he's got cousins who we talked about. And then it's kind of nothing after that. He's got Jameis Winston, Zach Wilson, Carson Strong, Nick Mullins, Chad Henney, like just trash really after that. Uh, And he doesn't have anybody on IR that makes any sense. So you're not going to be able to get a better quarterback off of him. So that was just like you know putting a bench quarterback as an upside play. And again, I think Kirk is a pretty good receiver. I am nervous about Ridley, of course. But yeah, if you want a better player, go for it, Jeff. If you want to try to grab, you know, DJ Chark instead, or something like you know, go for it. Obviously, but I just was again. I wanted to see your face when I mentioned Wilson. Right? Yeah, I just, I just think
2: Wilson is unsalvageable. So I really don't want Wilson. That's uh, fair. And That's I do fair. like Burks. I, I, I think he's kind of maybe even undervalued to what he should be because he has. He has produced fairly well on a, I believe, at least uh, I remember hearing earlier in the year, I haven't checked recently, but on, the, on in terms of like a per route run kind of basis, mm. um, especially given the offensive environment he's in, I, he's not really set up to succeed greatly between uh, Tannehill and multiple games with Malik Willis and an injury and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I kind of think he's a little undervalued. Uh, so I. I think I'd rather hold Burks, but I don't hate it.
3: Okay,
1: and then Seth, your thoughts, and then if you want to get into yours because it was similar-ish. I guess it had Burks too.
3: I'm fine with this trade. Like, I, like Rocky said, I'd rather get someone else other than Zach Wilson at this point. I just, I, I, I don't see it. At I this always point. love and, and Zach I'm Zach Wilson hater. And I, well, <laughs> right. I, I'm a Frisky Jets guy. Like I actually low key, I, I was yeah. all in on the Jets this year. Everywhere I could get them, and yeah, Zach Wilson just didn't come to fruition, but. Outside of that, like I don't mind Christian Kirk, Kirk for for Traylon Burks. I know maybe you're selling Burks a little bit low there, but I'm out. I, I'm out, man. I've been out on Burks for a long time, and he makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty high on Burks
1: coming in too. It sounds I like. Was, okay. Yep. I was okay. high on him, but now yeah. I'm not. I've kind of come around. Sounds into, like, like Seth was. On
3: once he ran, once he ran at the combine, that's kind of what like I, I was mixed on him coming into that, and then once I saw that score, and then the breathing issues in camp, I was I was all the way out. I put a
2: lot less stock in combine than a lot of people do too. Okay, so that be part of it, yeah.
3: Okay, okay. So to kind of counter Andrew, and I will say when I when I put up, put this trade together, I didn't realize he had Kyle Pitts on IR. So little bit of a mistake on my end, but I saw his roster and I saw a huge hole at tight end. Like Albert O was the one name in there who, you know, could be worth something eventually, probably not. So I went with also trading Burks away. I packaged him and Michael Carter. Um, and this is to the team known as K- Konami K- Konami Code. Um, and he is Reese Hall, so I thought maybe he'd want Michael Carter. He, Carter's of more value to him than anyone else in this league. True. And uh, Jeff here also had Isaiah McKenzie and Gabe Davis. So Gabe Davis kind of cast McKenzie's uh, overall ceiling on this Buffalo team. So I kind of wanted to get rid of both of those two to someone who might need them. Get rid of Burks. I went for Calvin Ridley and uh, Dallas Goddard is what I was going for. And if you need to, I guess you could put in a late round pick. I'm not sure if you would need to or not. Um, Dallas Goddard, I know I kind of was shitting on tight ends a little bit, but He's still young. He's got a fresh contract. I like where the Eagles are heading the next couple of years. I think he's the real deal. And Calvin Ridley boys. I know it's been a while since we've seen him um, since his little gambling incident, but uh, overall I really like what Calvin Ridley could bring to a red hot Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars that are headed in the right direction. So you uh you know you get a little bit older at wide receiver in in this in this trade, which I don't know if Jeff wants to do being a Debbie guy, but I think Calvin Ridley's gonna have more value over the next two seasons than Burks is, and then you get a, a solidified tight end there with Dallas Goddard as well, and don't have to give out up a ton, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, I like this. I'm I'm a big Goddard guy, and he's another guy I think is kind of undervalued just because AJ Brown's there, Devonta Smith's there. But uh, points per game, and this is a. I looked in this scoring, and mm. I don't think you actually put it on the sheet. But it is one point five tight end premium too. Yeah, and it's I don't know if I got eleven. I mean, right. oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's one point five uh, tight end premium. Start eleven, so he he could even when Pitts is back, he needs players. He needs people right, who will yeah. score points. Young players who will score points, and God, it's not young. But for a tight end, he's got plenty of years young, left. Yeah, yeah. Uh so uh, I just like getting got in this. He's sees the tight end yep. four in this scoring, it's like 17 and a half points a game, which makes him a really solid flex option, even if pits if you consider Pitts your tight end. Uh and I don't think you're giving up much, you know, at all, besides Burks and I do wonder if you can get both Goddard and Ridley for that pack, which would be my only concern. Yeah, uh, I think Ridley's value is only kind of going up, uh, you know, every day that passes and he gets closer to coming back. Um, but I, I honestly wouldn't mind sending that pretty much for Goddard and. And like even a, a, a much smaller piece, I, I just maybe I'm too high on God or maybe it's well, my Eagles fandom. I don't
1: know. But uh, I'll, I'll use this to interrupt and say, I love sending the trade as is and then saying, OK, take out Ridley. Like Ridley, and I'll Ridley do it, yeah. Right. Also, yeah. I think this is the perfect time to sneaky start adding Ridley. Right. Like if, if you're a rebuilding or not, doesn't matter if you're looking at wide receivers or running backs or whatever, see what you can get for Ridley. I know that whoever has him probably held him this whole time. Probably didn't trade him. Probably him didn't move it. Yeah, and and I I know there I have him on one team I think left because I traded him away. You know when all that stuff went down because we didn't know how long it was going to be and all that. We didn't know again he was playing for the Falcons, which we thought at the time would be good, but then they turned out to be bad. So I was like, yeah. I'm out. Um, but now is the perfect time to get him back. And I love this as kind of like a sneaky throw-in in a way. Um, I do think that the bones of it being Burks for Goddard I feel feels fair-ish. But then adding that Michael Carter piece kind of puts it even. So even if you remove McKenzie and Ridley and just do the two for one, I'm fine with that. Um, I do think too. And, and again, we know this, we've had people on the podcast that are big fans of Pitts. You might be able to still get a hall for Pitts in the off season.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, You might be able Mm -hmm. to get like draft
1: time. You might be able to get two firsts for Pitts still, you know,
3: yeah. He was worth yeah, and three you first a year,
1: though. That's what I'm saying. Now them, that yeah. you've got Goddard, you've got some flexibility with Pitts, especially in a 1.5 tight end premium, which again, I didn't put on the sheet. Sorry about that. But the point is, it gives you some options, which I think Burks doesn't give you as many options. So I love, I think, I, I love the, the thought process here. And just for transparency's sake, I did think about the Carter to Konami code for that Brees Hall handcuff. I just couldn't find one that worked. And then by the time I'd moved on to this other team with Burks, I was like, and when I saw your trade, I was
3: like, oh, that's actually kind of where I was at anyway.
1: It just makes more sense to go to the hall owner, you know?
3: Yeah, and the Konami Code uh, team also had George Kittle, so they had a yeah, plethora yep. of tight ends to deal with. So that's kind of why I attacked Dallas Goddard. You know, I I I don't know where the value is between Goddard and and Kittle <sighs> right now. Probably pretty close, but. I lean Goddard at this point in their career. So that that, well, that was kind of the rationale.
1: The, the best thing about that is there is no right answer, right? Like there is no wrong answer. Yeah. Like they're both right there. I don't hate that at all. So I, I thought that was a really good trade and I'm with you. I, I put like what Rocky said, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, I think this is the kind of trade that I would love to see go through as is. You might need to send a smaller piece or, or send a, a bigger piece. I'm sorry. than McKenzie or ask for a smaller piece than Ridley, but I yeah. like the basic of it. I like the base of the trade, I guess. And it kind of get the basics together. Um, so hopefully one of those works for you, Jeff. Hopefully you're listening and can kind of come back to and, us if you do pull one of these off. But I was going to say, just with that Ridley, I do like what you said, though.
2: Maybe you sent it out with the Ridley, even knowing it's probably not going to get accepted. Then you could even go way down to a much smaller piece that you kind of like, a flyer or or just a lesser player. And, and then maybe the guys like, well, you know, he went way down from that Ridley spot. Sure, I'll throw that guy in. You know, if, if you like, if there's some other piece you like, even if it's, Almost like a flyer, uh, starting with Ridley, I think makes it easier to do that.
1: Well, and, and just again, for the sake of argument, you could add Odell Beckham Jr., you could add Robbie Anderson, you could add Jalen Darden, like those are all pretty small pieces. But I like the idea of getting one of them back, especially if you're sending uh, Burks. Also, Konami Code has a ton of players at wide receiver, and, and that's kind of his deepest oh, yeah. position, yeah. So yeah. I think I love the idea of getting one of them, right? I, and so the thought process of Ridley, I'm a fan of, but if you can't get that. You know, maybe get Samori Torre, anybody, right? Just pick any of those younger receivers that you might like. It's better than nothing. I wouldn't go and get Mike Strachan. I wouldn't get Cedric Wilson. I wouldn't be KJ <laughs> Hamler. Like, no, no, those are too low. But I think Jeff's smart enough to know what's in that realm. But I think, again, the, the thought process you have here, Seth, is phenomenal. I'm a big fan of the trade. Better than mine. Better than mine. I'll say it. I think mine's I pretty know. easy. I, I, I love getting it, Goddard. I think Goddard is definitely a better get, in a way, than Christian Kirk if you can do that. So I'll say it to Andrew. Seth's better than yours. It's it's pretty common. <laughs> Not like oh, okay. So with, the, with that, and the, the Thursday night game finally wrapping up, Cowboys win, which wasn't really a shock given the Josh Dobbs, but he did have a touchdown pass to Robert Woods, which is pretty entertaining. Um, all right, with that, we'll kind of get out of here. I think we've done a pretty good job tonight. Hopefully you guys have had a good 2022 uh, we are very much looking forward to a good 2023. We are going to be taking off next week. Uh, we've had some, you know, different things and different stretch. Through. We're just kind of grinding, guys. We need a week off. We need to kind of recoup, take it, take some breaks here. And uh, so next week there will not be a Dynasty Junkies, but we'll hit you fresh the next week after that, uh, live on the 12th. Uh, there will be no football on Thursday then, which will be kind of nice. This is the last Thursday night football game that we'll have, which – it's pros and cons because again, some of these games have been pretty bad. But catch us live on YouTube on the Dap Network uh Thursday, 9 30 p.m. on the 12th. We'll be back. Um while we're though, while we're here, anything else you want to say, Rocky, about 2022 or anything about junkies this year and kind of looking forward to the future? Anything else you want to say before we kick it over?
2: uh no just uh thanks to everyone who's listened to the show this past year thanks to everybody who's been in the chat thanks to everybody in the listener leagues all you guys yes. out there that we some of some of which we mentioned earlier uh maybe in 2023 the D- dynasty
1: junkies three andrew maybe <laughs> not against it uh, yeah i wasn't even so thinking we'll there's do. some crazy thoughts i have we could take it to the dms but there, there's okay. definitely some i think there's something we should do where there's some options so if you're listening and you want to get in a listener, like maybe this is what we'll do. If you've listened this long, if you're an hour and 40 minutes in and you're listening this long, we're not going to tweet it out, but you need to tag us in a tweet or send us a DM that says just hashtag DJ three. Just <laughs> hashtag DJ three. That means you listen. That means we know you're paying attention. That means we know you're you're hardcore in the league. We're going to see how much of an interest we get and we'll try to put something together. We don't know I what like it is. That. It get might not it be anything. I don't want to promise anything, but we're going to see what kind of reaction we get. And we'll go from there. That was kind of where I wanted to go at the end
2: of this. I love that. Okay. So yeah. So looking forward to 2023. Uh, I hope I, a lot of people say they like the, uh, the non-point scoring season. I am a big fan of the point scoring season, but, I know you but once you get to week six, 16, week 17, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to move past it and not to set 40 lineups every week. So I'm looking forward to
1: that as well. I'm looking forward Uh, to it as well. Yeah. All right. So uh, Seth, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Awesome. Having you here, obviously from the in-between group, why don't you give all your stuff and then we'll kick it over to Rocky to wrap us out of here tonight.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Andrew and Rocky for having me tonight. It's been a blast to to talk a little shop with you guys. Um, I'm Seth Wilcock from in-between media. You can find all our content on our website in between We're also here on YouTube at ibt underscore media um again just good vibes good fantasy advice uh, across a few different sports uh so hope you guys come interact with us in 2023 been a great 2022 for us as well for growth and uh, community so thank you guys so much i'm looking forward to some uh some more (coughs) tailgating beers here in 2023 you gentlemen out in canton come meet us at
1: the expo guys
3: again if you're listening you're, you're welcome you're invited
1: to the party at the expo we're gonna have it so uh, I am at Andrew Hall FF, Rocky at Dynasty FF Addict. You can follow the uh, I'll follow the podcast on Twitter at Dynasty Junkies. Obviously follow the DAP Network at DAP underscore network, all of that on Twitter. Um, leave us a review, uh, submit a find me a trade. I know when we get to the offseason, there's a lot of uh, leagues that we couldn't get to because they had trade deadlines. We're going to start to get to some of those, obviously, in January. Um, be reaching out to people for sleeper leagues and things like that. So, you know, keep your DMs open, send us a note, submit your league. It's all through our link tree on our our you know, pin post or pin tweet there. Um, But then obviously too, just, just stay in touch. Like I know dynasty can be a drag, take a couple weeks off yourself, right? Like just, just do what you got to do for your own mental health to keep this game fun. But we've really had a great time with you guys this year. It's been a blast. 2022 is a hell of a year. I can't believe it's already over, Um, but we're going to have an even better one in 2023. And I'm very excited for that. Um, But with that, Rocky, why don't you wrap it up and take us out of here?
2: Yep. I just uh, want to thank, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to personally thank Seth again. This was a great time. I uh, want to thank everybody that uh, tuned in uh, live on YouTube that uh, was in the chat. Uh, fortunately didn't get a ton of comments this week, but I did see we had some viewers here. So yep. uh, I really appreciate it. Appreciate it basically the support this entire year and really seth and i were talking about it we're going into our third year of dynasty junkies now started back in 2020 uh it's just it's been an amazing ride and i'm looking forward to a great 2023 so uh with that i'll say happy new year to everybody and junkies out